get it going. It's time to get up. There's certain math you can do that will have the, the players owing the league a billion dollars after this season. These guys are here to break it all down. Kyrie with the spin. Kyrie with the bucket. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. If I could pick one player uh, that would probably ask a question of, of that magnitude would be Antoine, uh, who can be a pain in uh, the other team's butts, but also uh, to his own coaches. This is the starting lineup with James Zabolski and Perry Solkowski. Hey, what's happening? One more day before the man in red begins flight. It is Wednesday, December 23rd. This is the starting lineup here on your home of Vancouver Hockey, home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650. James Sabalski here, Perry Solkowski there, Greg Ballack, Chris Faber, double duty on the other side of the glass. In a, uh, is that a hell in a cell then for these guys? I'm not quite sure, but tis the season in our final show of 2020. Yes, we're finally putting a bow to the year that everybody absolutely has hated for the most part, unless you're a real estate agent, Perry. Hey, and your uh, your wrestling uh, reference may suit a lot of people who've had to work at home and said, you know what? Yeah, hell in the cell, 2020, hell in the cell. I'm I'm all into that. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, we'll put a bow on this one. And that that intro, really uh, talking about the same thing, isn't it? Travis Green, who was speaking to some coaches yesterday, saying how Anton Russell can be a a pain in the butt, and Elliot Friedman saying there's reports that maybe the players might own upwards of a billion dollars, which would be a pain in the butt as well, if that's where your wallet is, right? Oh man, yeah. There's a, it's, you know, it's like Christmas. Tis the season to be jolly until January <laughs> rolls drop. around, and, uh, and you pardon get, me, yeah. a billion. <laughs> that's Jeez. it. You know, and then you get then you get the bill in January. You you got to pay off Christmas. You go, oh. Okay, well, don't talk to me for the next. Uh, this is why I'm going on dry January because I can't afford to buy anything, or we don't yes. see me until I'm going to go in, you know, in isolation and quarantine for the next six months because, I, quite frankly, I can't afford to do anything except watch TV. Uh, as you mentioned, Travis Green, uh, topic of conversation we'll get to in just a moment. Here's what else we got coming up over the next three hours. Lots of hockey talk uh, for you over the next three hours as we get closer and closer to puck drop for the 2021 NHL season. Uh, Corey Hirsch, our Sportsnet hockey analyst, uh, will drop. Drop on by in just a few minutes from now. We'll catch up with Hershey, Ed Jovodowski, Jovokop joining us each and every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Today is no different. We'll also talk to Stanley Cup winner and Dunbar Lumber Zone Ken Priestley coming up at 7.30 this morning. And Rod McLean back with us uh, coming up at 8 o'clock this morning on your Canucks commute at 8 o'clock. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line at Sportsnet. 650 is where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well. And Pear, as you mentioned, Travis Green, you know, first time to kind of hear public comments from Travis in quite some time and you know mm-hmm. going into the final year of his contract signing a four-year deal with the Canucks when he first jo- joined up I-, I would assume that I don't think Travis is going anywhere but until a deal is done it's not done and this market we will continue to speculate it but I do think this is a guy that deserves to be paid here and deserves to be paid in a good way with what we've seen in terms of the development from two absolute cornerstones that we have seen over the last two seasons, and that's Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. Yeah, you, you know, read yesterday, too, that, uh, you know, local product Ryan Nugent Hopkins' contract talks have kind of stopped, and, and it was simply 
Kenny Holland said, hey, it's just the economics of the situation right now, but certainly that's our plan. And, and I would think, you know, there's more likelihood of the Nuge moving summer than Travis Green. I just think the bottom line right now is how do you, as the Aquilinis and Jim Benning, talk about the dollars and cents? We just mentioned a billion dollars could be owed from a player's perspective. You don't know what the revenue base is going to look like. You know, you hear some teams will have fans coming in. I, I don't think Travis Green comes to Vancouver and goes, well, see you, honey. Uh, this might be the last time that I leave to start a season in Vancouver. There is that possibility, but I, you know, this team would have to completely falter for the shine to come off Travis Green, and I think it's just a matter of okay, let's see what we can come up with. It's tough to come up with with term, and it's probably a little tough to come up with numbers because he's essentially the biggest coach around that's looking for a new deal, and those big deals like we've seen to the players are just not there right now in 2021. No, and apparently not for coaches either, right, at this point. Uh, Travis was asked in terms of what his sort of expectations are going into training camp on a on a podcast uh, involving BC Hockey uh, last night. And, and Travis kind of opening up. I thought it was uh, a, a very uh, relaxed. Uh, Travis looks like the time mm-hmm. off has certainly uh, been good for him for both mind and body. And uh, here's what he kind of said in terms of his expectations for his players once camp begins in about a week and a half from now. We talk to our guys about being well-conditioned. Um, you know, especially with the NHL right now, you don't have a lot of time before you get going into games. And uh, we, we expect our players to come in really in game shape uh, and to push themselves and to commit the, to that level. Uh, we talk about being attentive every day. Uh, they haven't been on the ice every day in this kind of fashion, and, and they, they need to be mentally sharp to be attentive, to perform the details that we want in practice so they're ready to play games. And the other thing we talked about, and it kind of goes hand in hand with loving the game and passion, uh, training camps, it's hard. You're, you're, you're getting pushed outside your comfort zone. We don't want any energy suckers in our camp. We don't want guys complaining. Uh, embrace that it's going to be a little bit difficult. It's going to be hard. Your body's going to get tired. And that goes with that passion, that love of the game. And, and when you love it, you know some days are going to be hard. And uh, it's never punishment. We're just trying to prep our guys to be ready to play in game one. Perry, I thought he was talking about you for a second there when he was referring to energy suckers. Oh, I t- well, <clears throat> i to tell you, you know, I'm not an energy sucker today, although we had a bonfire going yesterday. So uh, the energy was high yesterday. Uh, you know what he's talking? You know who he's talking to? He's asking pros to be pros. Yes. Simple as that, right? Pros be pros, and that's a speech that we could have played as here's what Travis said as he's going set to see the guys in July for the first time. We've told them to train hard, and let's be honest, some of them don't. And we know the one guy who's never pushed himself as hard as he has. And I don't know if we had to start 2021 with a wager and go, are we seeing the best ever that finished Jake Vertanen? The one guy, like you talked about energy suckers, we remember the audio of Bo Horvat screaming at Jake for 10 and to practice when they came back and going, you know, dropping the F bomb, like get into this. I don't, I, I don't know. And anytime I hear that, I think he's making the speech to one guy. I know he's making it to the whole team. I just think it's, it's pointed at one guy and maybe I'm wrong in that thought process, but that's what the track record shows. Well, and that, yeah, you're right. It's the, it's the runway. It's the track record. It, there's, there's a history there, right. In terms of Jake for and what he has seen um, now, let, let's see where it goes from here, but it's still a young group, and you, you look at some of the veterans. I mean, you know, the guys that come into camp, you know, 
Um, you know, Horvat is a guy who now has a reputation, who's ready to go, trains hard. You know, Tyler Myers has got that reputation. Let's see where Nate Schmidt's at. You know, where does Quinn Hughes come in at, ready to roll? I mean, he certainly had a spectacular rookie season uh, in year one. Um, but let's see what Jake can do because, hey, there's an opportunity there. And Vertanen said all the right things going into uh, after he has signed his contract, right? Saying all the things, hey, I know there's an opportunity to maybe jump into that top six. Like there's no Tyler Toffoli this year here, Pear, whether that's Adam Gaudet's opportunity, whether that's, you know, Hoaglander's opportunity, whether that's Vertanen's opportunity, you know, whether it's back to Louis Erickson in that opportunity in the top six. There is an opportunity, and it's just a question of who seizes that moment. I think it's tough in pro sports to change your reputation, right? You get it. Jared McCann will always be that, that kind of, um, you know, as far as Canuck fans. And as far as you see any bounces from different teams, the reputation of, of, you know, the entitled one probably could have been done more with this talent was entitled early on. He's so entitled. He's not going to change Jake Vertanen, deservedly. So has a reputation when he shows up at training camp, not to have pushed himself as hard as as elite athletes should, but brought upon himself, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, reputations are earned. He's earned that reputation of going, you know. And we don't even know exactly what the results of the fitness test is, mm-hmm. right? In the bubble, you know, you heard some things about what they were calling Jake. You know, you know, little little portly. You know, in the bubble. Well, in the you know on the ice, Ryan Reeves chirping him. Well, that's been earned. So that's why people get tantalated and go, man, maybe he's just maybe he's just going hard and he's coming back. It's going to be slimmer, faster. Yet then you hear in this community, reputation. Oh, I don't know if he's working that hard. We'll have to see. Reputations are earned. It's tougher to break them. But when they do, you can get the reputation you want of, of being an elite NHL player. Uh, we'll get to Corey Hirsch in, in just a quick second. Uh, here's what Elliot Friedman uh, had to say with respect to uh, whether or not a contract does get done. Um, and the Sportsnet Hockey Insider appearing on the program yesterday here on Sportsnet 650 and Travis going into the final year. What's the likelihood of a possible contract getting done before the season starts? Friedman uh, suggesting probably not likely. I strongly suspect that Canucks know what Green thinks uh, in terms of what his market is. And I suspect that Green knows what the Canucks think his market is. And we'll see how close it is. Um, I do believe they want him to be the long-term head coach of the team. I think they're big believers in Green. Um, I've said this before. I think Green and Benning uh, understand each other, have a good relationship, and are uh, kind of are, are on the same page. Um, but um, you know, I, I think that Green has a belief in what he's worth, and I think the Canucks have an agreement uh, belief in what he's worth. Plus, also the Canucks are navigating the pandemic and the effect that has on you know things that you can do financially. So I would assume my guess is probably not before the season, but that doesn't mean to me that it, that it, that we're in a situation where, you know, like that means the end of the world. I I just think the biggest decision is if they don't have it before the season, do they punt it and say we're not talking about it during the year? So there's uh, Sportsnet Hockey Insider Elliot Friedman. Let's bring in Sportsnet 650 hockey analyst and uh, wish a best of the season to our own Corey Hirsch, Olympic silver medalist. Let's pump his tires up there. Have you been naughty or nice this year, Hershey? Uh, A little bit of both, actually. Um, But I I would say, you know, uh, I helped an elderly lady across the street with her groceries yesterday. So I think, uh, no, I didn't. 
Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Going to grab the groceries. Then I opened up the door for her. Yes. And then then I took her groceries and I went, no, that'd be, hey, that would be put me on the naughty list for sure. What about you gentlemen? How about what's going on with your Christmas? Lump of coal. No, it's a, I actually, we, uh, yeah, no, I think we're set to go, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't go with the lump of coal. I wouldn't go L- with the lump, oh, of coal. lump of coal. I thought, right. I thought Seaball was throwing out some sort of Yiddish words. I, I didn't hear that. Lump of coal. Yes. L- lump of coal. No, that's, Easy um, shopping this year. Yeah. <laughs> I finally, I got all my Christmas shopping done yesterday. It took me forever to, to get my daughter's gift. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's like, okay, are you guys from my generation? You, you, sure. you, yeah, you guys are. Yes, Perry. So we're Doc Martens, not the big thing in our generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yep. Yeah. Like Vans, Doc Martens, all that. And Horrible Converse, treads right? in the snow, Hershey. Horrible treads in the snow in the winter. Well, yeah, Docs. but kids don't care, right? Yeah. So now yeah. Doc Martens are back. Yeah. They're back. Really? I, I could have picked up a pair 20 years ago for when they went out of style for like 50 bucks, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're back in style. And, and they're, they're 200 like, bucks. Way overpriced, right? <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy what's out of style right now yeah. for a Christmas gift 20 years from now for my kids. How's that sound? Is that genius? <laughs> That'd be great. Cabbage it's Patch like Kids. The, <laughs> it's like the Stan Smith all-white Adidas runners that were big like 25 right? years ago. And then they came back like last year and everyone's wearing all these white shoes. I remember, and I remember Converse. I, I saw them in the bargain bin in Syracuse when I was playing there in like 97 or something for like $12. Now they're back. They're like a hundred bucks for a pair of Converse, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. anyways, kids. Those orders aren't that stupid. I hey, did you hear us talking about how tough is it to change your reputation in the NHL? Very. You get labeled. You're. It's very difficult. You're talking to. You're preaching to the choir right now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know, when I had my issues, uh, I got labeled as kind of you know not a great team guy, and um, guys liked me, but it was more. Um, they didn't understand what was going on behind the scenes. That's kind of when my story came out was kind of like, this is why I was like that. Right. So it's very, um, it's really difficult. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. Uh, it, well, and so let's see if somebody can turn the page and, and change that Ooh. reputation going into camp here this year. Speaking of going into camp, we were just t- listening to Elliot Friedman uh, on his comments on the program yesterday talking about Travis Green's contractual situation. It's a big deal or no big deal with Travis going into the final year of his contract and nothing done if he uh, if the season starts? Uh, it's a bit of a big deal uh, in the sense that um, they probably want to see more progression this year from a lot of their players. So uh, I would say that um, they're probably talking behind the scenes. So I like, I, I see all these guys together. I've seen Travis chatting with Francesco. Like they, they, they're all friendly. It's not like they, you know, but business is business. So they might be talking behind the scenes, but I, I could also see uh, Francesco and the Aquilini's wanting to take another step this year. Right. And not a step backwards. Like remember the Oilers went to couple rounds uh, and everybody's all excited about the Oilers. And then they didn't yep. make the playoffs for like, two, three years. So I think that's probably in the back of, you know, what, where, who can take this team to the next level. And is that going to be Travis green? We're going to find out. And I think that's what they're waiting for. He had said yesterday when people are asking me is, you know, here's what we've told our guys. This is, you know, they've got to be in game shape. This is going to be strange. Isn't that the message that, that they get every summer, like yeah. every off season, I guess we shouldn't. And, and, I would imagine in your training camps, you saw 
everything from the guys that you knew took a week off and that's it to the guys. And I know it was a different time that just mentally don't push themselves as hard as they should. Yeah. Well, because there's no exhibition games, so it's a little bit different, but no, it's, it's all the same. You're always, you always come into camp. You, you got to be ready to go. Right. And if in today's day and age with trainers, nutritionists, um, you know, if the, if you don't come in, into shape in camp into shape, you're just, then you, you know, that's a disrespect to your teammates. So back then when I played, right, I mean, it's different guys. There wasn't like these personal trainers like Gary Roberts and Matty Nicoletti Toronto here that are great guys and the guys in Vancouver. Um, it's so easy to just hire these guys and just show up, right? You got to do the workout. Back when mm-hmm. I played, it was it was so different. Half the guys were in shape, half weren't. But today, everybody's in shape. It's not, it shouldn't be an issue at all. They just, it's something to say, you know. Putting, not being in shape puts you, it just kind of, is a way for coaches to kind of have something against you, right? If they need it, it's ammo for the coaches. So why give them ammo? Mm, fair enough. Uh, Corey Hirsch here on Sportsnet 650. With, with the thought that um, you talked about the Oilers taking a, a step back after having that big push in the playoffs back in 2017, I'm going to get into this more coming up at the bottom of the hour, Corey. But, you know, is, is that, does Travis Green's future lie? in the possibility of maybe this team taking a step back this year, which I think is entirely possible when you look at, you know, young teams, right? And and you look at this Canadian yeah. division, like, I think we gloss over the fact sometimes, like, oh, man, this is going to be so much fun watching the Leafs and the Flames and the Oilers and the Habs all the time. But the reality is, is there's three teams that are going to miss the playoffs in this division, and two of them are going to be really good teams. <laughs> right so that's exactly it okay so uh, you can you can count out ottawa ottawa is not going to make the playoffs yeah, right i, I mean that's that's so not, so now you've got six montreal you know they made themselves better uh they added up another goalie um you know uh so so they're going to be they're going to be better um you know you look at winnipeg may take a step back but other than that you've got calgary edmonton and toronto Right now, now who's going to make that fourth spot? Like Toronto's not going to miss the playoffs. They're they're too talented up front. Right, um, Calgary's bettered themselves. Uh, I don't see them making the playoffs. So now you've got two spots for for five teams. Uh, is Vancouver one of those teams? I think so. Uh, Vancouver might be a team that that you know, Quinn Hughes changes everything. Quinn Quinn Hughes changes everything for the Canucks. And the reason the Oilers took a step back, they didn't have a defenseman like Quinn Hughes. Right. Like they've been waiting. They, they put all their money up front. They didn't have a defenseman like Quinn Hughes. And then they blame their goalies. Their goaltending wasn't great, but there's reasons that they took steps back. Uh, Braden Holtby and Thatcher Demko are going to be the wild cards. What, how do they, how do they perform? If they perform well, Canucks make it. If they don't, well, of course they're not going to. Canucks aren't good enough to overcome poor goaltending. And we saw that last year, right? Uh, they needed Markstrom and they needed Demko to step up in a huge way. So, uh, it's going to, to, to me, the Canucks, it comes down to their goaltending. Are you worried about secondary scoring with this team? No. no Do you that, think that, because that of a Hughes and now a Nate Schmidt, they'll yeah. get enough push from the back end yeah. if the guys up front slump? People don't give enough credit for offense from the back end. It, it comes from the back end. You can have all the, you can have the greatest forwards in the world. Um, just think how many points McDavid and Dreisaitl and, and Nugent Hopkins would have if they had a high-end defenseman, right? Like, yeah. it, it's it, – and, and how good they are with without one. Um, he, points come from the back end, and the power play is deadly. Like, that power play is only getting better. It, it's not going to get worse, right? So – 
they'll they'll get enough goals on the power play that they'll be fine. It's keeping the puck out of their net, I think, because Schmidt's a guy that's a very good player. But you know, reports out of Vegas that I got last year during the playoffs, even before the playoffs started, was is that he's high risk and he does turn the puck over. And sure enough, he does do that. But he's a you know he's talented. Let's and he's a good player. But sometimes there's a little bit of risk versus reward with those guys, and he's a guy that defensively sometimes isn't as strong as, as you would like. So um, we'll wait and see how that goes down. You know, and, and you look at the offense that they might be able to get from the back end. Tyler Myers didn't oh, yeah. really show it a whole lot last year, but he does have that capability. You know, Nate Schmidt's got that capability. You know, Edler has shown over the years that he's got that capability, although those that those opportunities might reduce just because of the rise of Quinn Hughes. And then Quinn Hughes, we know what he can do offensively. Like, there's some punch on that back end for the first time in a long time here in Vancouver. And, and when you look at the 50-year history in Hershey, you don't need me to tell you, you know, you're a former player here in this market as well. There hasn't been a lot of rosters when it comes to blue line that can provide offense here in this city. No, right? So if you look at Tampa last year, I mean, they got offense from Sergachev. They got offense from Hedman. They got yeah. offense from Shattenkirk. Um, they even got, you, you, they even had a puck mover in McDonough. Like McDonough can move the puck, right? In today's NHL, your offense comes from your back end. Um, every team's got a good top two lines. Uh, it's what you have on your on your defense. So if you look at the Canucks, that's kind of what they've done. They, they you know, they've added more offense to their back end, adding Schmidt, uh, deleting Tanev, uh, you know, Stetcher. So uh, they've added more puck moving guys to their back end, which is only going to help offensively. So really, it's now it's coming collectively and playing smart team defense that will create that offense for those guys. You've got guys that can move the puck. So I think the Canucks have done a, a better job than people think. You don't think they've left the void on the right side? I think they can fill it. I think they know that there's, there's always time to fill it, right? There's another trade deadline. You can always get, but there's going to be guys available mm -hmm. uh, just like they got to Foley. Um, there's someone, someone will pop up. And if they need someone on the right side, yes, that's been, that's been the, the case from day one, right? They need someone to play with Horvat on the right side. So they're still looking for that. They didn't feel like Toffoli was that guy. And I think they're right. Toffoli's only going to get slower. He's, he's aging and he wasn't a great skater. Yes, he was a good player, but you know, to give him a three or four year deal out of a ton of money didn't, wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. So they've got to get out from under some of these contracts that they've got, you know, the ones that they signed when they were just trying to survive, um, which, you know, after this year, next year will be something it's that they can get out again. of. Yeah. I, I yeah, don't know. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're getting close uh, up against the clock here, but I, I would just say, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with the Canucks giving a four year contract to Tyler Toffoli. Oh, you I guys I, think it was okay. I, I, yeah. I, he's 20, he's 28. I know he, he was nicked up in the playoffs, but that guy had chemistry with, you know, the franchise player up front and he was a point of game player when it mattered. And even, you know, even, even when he was subpar in the playoffs, he still contributed offensively. I, I would have loved to have seen him step yeah. Okay, and especially so at four million. Let's, let's make a little side bet here. It's okay. going to take a few years for this to pan out. Okay. okay. But when Tyler Toffoli turns 30 years old, okay, mm -hmm. so it's the third year from today, second or third year, um, if Tyler Toffoli drops off significantly, you owe me a nice bottle of wine. Okay. <laughs> and when you say nice bottle, you're talking $15, right? I'm talking 2012. <laughs> U.S. I'm talking it doesn't come in a box. All right. Okay. All right. It's a tetra pack then. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's yeah, I, let's do, let's do I that. Let's see where that goes. Let's let's mark it down. Now, okay. I don't think he was a, a fleet of foot enough. I think his uh, I think his his skating wasn't good enough. That's go. my opinion. I, in, I hope in two years the Canucks top two right wingers will be better than Tyler Foley. Yes. Yeah. I, I I hope that Tyler I like Tyler to fully. I hope it proves me wrong. Right. Like I hope he goes and scores. You know, whatever. As long as it's not against the Canucks. Merry Christmas. And it had been gun gun shy too, right? If that's you know how long have he been betting? Well, he gave him that extra year. They could have found three years for Toffoli. You needed him this year, probably next year. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I and I, I wanted him. Oh, I wanted when, that when, when did you Canada. change your tune? You were like you know, oh, yesterday. No, no. You were hey, all hey, the biggest question mark for this him. team, and oh, they, well, they got to figure out Tyler Toffoli. And now you're just it's sitting Christmas. there jumping on no Corey's side. <laughs> oh my gosh, which way is the wind blowing? Come on. All I want to know is, is Perry, is that driver going to be under my Christmas tree this year? Are you giving me your driver? Yeah. You know what, Archie? If I, I would, that would be your stocking stuff. <laughs> Did you see? I saw an ad yesterday and it was crazy. I know we got to go to break. I heard you'll appreciate this and see about you golf a little bit. But it's a driver, it's a hollowed out driver, a little thicker than your regular driver. And it's for the golfer to pee in. Right. I think it's if you, like, if, you, you know, you got to pee in a bottle when you're driving in the car. Guess what? If there's no bushes around or it's an open course, get this driver. And there's the ad. This guy's peeing in the driver, and it was legit. I think <sighs> if if you need that, I think you probably need AA or rehab as well. So yeah, I would say you, you've got some. <laughs> you, you should, yeah, you should be checking. Yeah, you might want to. Yeah, take yeah. A yeah, your slice isn't your biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, buddy. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks for what's uh, been a crazy year. Uh, everything you do outside of hockey and, and being such an advocate, uh, it's appreciated by so many. And I know they reach out to you on social media, but uh, stay safe. Uh, have some last smile, and it's going to be awesome to talk to you on a regular basis. Absolutely. You guys have a Merry Christmas. Love you both. Like brothers. Love you too, buddy. Stay safe out Thanks, there. Merry Christmas. Have a good Christmas. There he is. Corey Hirsch, uh, Sportsnet 650 hockey analyst, Olympic silver medalist, developer of outdoor rinks. He's making that happen, yes. too. Jack of all yeah. trades. Uh, 26 minutes after 6 o'clock here on this uh, Wednesday, December 23rd. He's Perry Solkowski. I'm James Sabalski. In a minute, the Canucks, why a step back just might be the prudent thing to do this year. We'll get into that next right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. He may not be right, but he says it with confidence anyway. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Seaball says on Sportsnet 650. Well, for a while now, I have suggested that the Canucks just might take a step back before they go forward. You know, it's like the old Paul Abdul song, two steps forward, two steps back. Anyway, it happened with Nathan McKinnon's Avs, Connor McDavid's Oilers, and check it up or chalk it up to growing pains, if you will. As long as we got each other. You know, instead of using Kirk Cameron and Leo DiCaprio, it's Pedersen, Hughes, Demko, Gaudet, Yolevi, and possibly even Hoaglander and Pod Colson. Canucks GM Jim Benning told us three weeks ago right here on this very show, here on the starting lineup on Sportsnet 650, that they aren't looking at adding veteran bodies in camp, but that this is the year to find out what they've got. As of right now, we want to give some of our young players an opportunity and see what that looks like at training camp. And further to this discussion, 
Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet Hockey Insider, nailed it last night right here on the program on Sportsnet 650. You've got to find out what you have in Godet. You you have to find out what you have in him and just kind of, you know, go from there and give the guy a role so so you know. Um, You know, I look at, you know, Uolevi. He's another guy. At some point in time, you have to figure out what you've got there. Um, you know, like Chatfield, uh, Rafferty. Um, I, I just think that at some point in time, you've got to take all of these players and say, all right, let's see what we have. You know you've got gold with Petey and Hughes. And they need to get paid and big time in seven months. You've got a solid choice for Captain Bo. Besser's a piece you can roll with. But going forward, the Canucks need to figure out if they're going to fish or cut bait on some of the others. Questions need answering. And if most of them come out on the positive end with some of these prospects, then the Canucks will be a playoff team in the North. And my logic regarding Vancouver taking a step back this season will give most of you a reason to say... Man, you are one pathetic loser. And that's this morning's Seaball Says. Time to find out what you got here, Pear. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's what you said. So as you mentioned, Paul Abdul's two-step back. I was going into the Paul Abdul file. <laughs> How did you come up with that song? Was that even a hit? One fits oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. What was it, MC Scat I was a big Cat? Paul Abdul yeah. fan. Who wasn't a Paul Abdul fan back in the day? She's still for sure. kicking around doing something. Is she a judge somewhere, or, or I'm not sure where she is. A Laker girl at one uh, time. Yeah. Oh, she listen. That was the American dream. That was the success story. <laughs> Fly girl to Laker girl to hit song maker to chart topper to I think uh, alcohol abuser, and but I think she's back and doing okay. You're not wrong. Here's the thing. I think we're used to. Um, the Canucks and their potential and their hope to being out of the park home runs. And I think that's where we're skewed when we use, you know, well, what, what's expected of these guys. Pedersen's never failed us. Hughes has never failed us. You get into moods where Brock Besser has failed you, but for the most part, we've had two failures, one in Jake for Tannen, and you can argue, Hey, 18 goals, that's good enough. And now we wait on Olio Levy who's failed us, but in honesty, hasn't really had his crack at it yet. I could see this. I was surprised Hershey's more uh, hopeful. You know, you Hershey, uh, you know, Jovo will talk good sevens, always talked in weeks that he's hopeful. I, I just think everyone else made so many changes that you're throwing a lot more on this group of young guys and you're maybe better off next year than you are this year. And if we're wrong, James, it just means the trajectory continues. And this window is definitely open and it wasn't a, a unique bubble circumstance in August. Well, the the reality is, is not everybody's going to hit, right? You know, well, that's the reality, but it hasn't yeah. been for the last three years. No, I mean you've had three consecutive Rookie of the Year candidates, which has been encouraging, right? Between Besser, Patterson, Hughes, you, you hit on one with Rookie of the Year. I think a lot of people felt that you know Hughes got jobbed out of it. I I, I didn't have a problem with Bakar winning, but you know. Let's see. You've got two exciting prospects that for a lot of Canucks fans going forward here that could make their debuts this year in Hoaglander and Pod Colson. 
But you you know you're also waiting for Ole Olevi, right? There's a fifth overall pick. Like, you know, is this the year we finally find out? Like, is Ole Olevi a regular? Like, what measures success if Ole Olevi sticks this year? Like, if he plays, if he's playing north of 17 minutes a night, is that a success story this year for the sure. team? If he's playing every night, I'm gonna say. If he plays 40 of 56 games, I would say that's a success, right? If if he's in the lineup 80% of the time, to me, that's a success. Uh, but don't you think the measuring stick for Ole Olevi from this fan base is, oh, no, we, we want to see a lot of you and we want to see on a second unit power play. Like, I think we have completely changed the marker because of the last three guys that have come through here. It's something that hadn't been done in 40 years to push for college trophies in three consecutive years. Like, that's not realistic for Pod Colson. But in a sense, that's what we're expecting. There's a vacancy to go, well, maybe Pud Colson comes from the KHL and can do it. Hang on, maybe Hoaglander, we've had another Swede who can light it up. Maybe he does the exact same thing. I just don't think that's real. It, it, the history shows it doesn't happen. But, you know, lightning in a bottle, I, that's how you become a Stanley Cup champion. I don't think, and and I, based on what I've seen and the way the market has reacted to Ole Olevi, at this point, almost five years after he's been drafted, I think, the expectations now have dropped so much for Ole Olevi that I don't think he will slip into that sort of category and the expectations that he's got to be a stud like Hughes, mm-hmm. Pedersen, and Besser. I think if he can just simply prove that he is an NHL regular, I think this market would take that as a win right now for Ole Olevi. Is he on the same um, expectation area that Jake Furtanen's on? Because when they're both drafted, this team didn't have a whole lot. So let's throw all the baggage on these two. Who are you drafting? Is that guy going to show up and make the team in September? That was essentially it for both of them. How quickly are they going to make a massive impact on this organization? And for Jake and now, that's why the vacancy was, oh, now we got to push Jake into the top six. Where with Toffoli, go, hey, man, if Jake's riding bottom six, hitting some people, scoring the odd goal, that's what we can expect from him. he's an NHL player. That's okay. Olio Levy, when he's drafted, you got a top four, man. We've got nothing. Where are you? And I do believe the expectation of Laura probably makes it easier for him. Well, I, I think if you can if you can see him evolve into becoming a top four at this point, a top four defenseman, you'd take that as a win. I, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point now, you'd take that you'd take that as a win. And Alex Edler is going to be thirty five in a year from now. So, you know, where where does Alex Ed, like? You know, you're kind of nearing the end of the line for Eddie, right? Who's been with this organization mm-hmm. 16 years now, but the end of the line is coming, right? And so if if Yolevi can show that he can play, hey, you know what? Find out what you got in Brogan Rafferty too, right? I mean, this may not be sure. his year, Jalen Chatfield. There's been a lot of promise for him, but we've been talking about Jake that Rathbone. for three for three for three seasons. Yeah, Rathbone is a lot of people say, hey, don't sleep on Jack Rathbone. But at this point, when you look at the fifth overall pick from the 2016 NHL draft. I think if Ole Olevi right now can just show to be an NHL player, an NHL regular, at mm-hmm. this point, right now, I think most Canucks fans would take that as a win at this point based on what we've waited for and what obviously was available to the Canucks to take that they opt- opted not to in that draft. I think you take, if Ole Olevi is a regular in the lineup for this upcoming season, I think you take that as a win for this player at this point. Well, you, you, you're... Was that a was that a self induced uh, ring in the bell? Didn't I, wish I, had, I wish I had. I wish I had more. That bell would be going off more if I had control of that button. But that's that's <laughs> Fa- that's Faber and Balak working magic back there on the other side of the glass. It's the last show of 2020. We kind of came up with our first sound effect. 
<laughs> when you and I hit something right, that's the first sound effect we've come up with. Ugh. I can't wait for 2021. Hey, you're right. Like, like you can stay for the next four or five years, Schmidt, Myers, and Hughes. There's your top three. And I think most NHL teams pretty pleased with that top three if you got a good Tyler Myers going. So it's a little easier to hear that, you know, to fill that four void uh, for those who are pushing because that's a natural progression. Okay, I just want to make the team. And am I going to be a top two? No, you're probably not going to be a top two for a long time on this squad. But if you can, if you can be a top four, if Ole if Olevi can come in and as Alex Edler slowly makes his way, and I think Alex Edler may hang around. Zidane, Zidane Ochara may be hanging around for a while too. But um, uh, there, there it is. It's a lot easier to go, oh, you know, if I play really well, I can get top four minutes. No, they need a defenseman. And when, when he was drafted, everyone was, oh, that's surprising, but this guy's steady Eddie. He's not going to be flashy, but he's going to be really smooth. And we've never seen it yet. So him in the lineup for 60, 70% of the games, I would think, okay, right, he's he's set. Because as long as he's been a pro, they're still going to go. He's got one five minutes of NHL hockey under him. Like I, I don't know how realistic the expectations should be for what he can do to his team. Let's, uh, you know, it's the holiday season, so let's be festive and uh, let's give the peanut gallery an opportunity to chime in. Chris Chris Faber, who uh, also contributes to uh, Canucks Army, I believe, as well. Uh, Greg Ballack on the other side. Boys, like, am I right on this one here? Am I right in terms of the expectations are lower for Ole Olevi? Chris, start with you. Give you a shot. and You can turn that mic on. Yeah, you betcha. I think uh, given where he was drafted, I think they're quite a bit lower at this point. And I mean, yeah. you know, right now you look at the guys that he's battling up against for a starting spot. He's going up against Jack Rathbone, who's what, a fourth round pick, and Brogan Rafferty, who is undrafted. So yeah, the expectations have definitely dropped, but I think they've also been accepted at the point where he's at right now. Balak, you're, you're, you're a goalie, so I, you might have a hard time answering this one, but you? He doesn't have headphones on. He doesn't have headphones. Okay, he's, he's just uh, hanging out behind me here. <laughs> he's on autopilot as well. <laughs> All right. Donald. See, see, that's why I get the bell ring in there, pair. Uh, Six forty-two. Ed Jovanovski will join us coming up at the top of the clock. What do we got coming up next, there, P? Well, you know what? There's no BS. There's only just a whole bunch of PS. And I'll tell you what. What do we miss? What do we miss? What's going on? And and you hear about these elaborate gifts, James that all these big celebrities give hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'll break it down for you. What a million dollars means to you and me. And really, is it generous? That's not BS. That's all PS ahead. 6.43 on a Wednesday morning in the home of the Vancouver Canucks. Sports at 6.50. He always tries to be ahead of the game. Harry was in front. Finding stories that matter. Sort of. We call BS. You want answers. I want the truth. It's not BS, just PS with Perry Solkowski. Facts, figures, needless information. Uh, we call it no BS, just a little bit of PS. How about this, everybody? Uh, BC gets that bad rap. You know it. If you live out here, you kind of, oh, West Coast, they have a stuffy attitude. They think they're so good. But maybe, maybe things will change when we get out of this pandemic. James, according to an Angus Reid poll asking, what are you most excited to do after pandemic restrictions are lifted? Across the country, they asked each province, BC leads the way with more than any other province saying, hey, they just want to shake hands and they want to embrace others. 51% 
of the people in our province. The first thing they want to do, no, it's not travel. No, it's not going to a sporting event. It's, hey, I just want to hug some people and shake some hands. <laughs> just want to hug it out. I, I can appreciate that. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who is a police officer here in Metro Vancouver. I won't say what department, but he was telling me that they've had an insane amount of calls from neighbors ratting each other out for uh, having parties or breaking rules. They've even had restaurants calling to complain, to report visitors sitting down with people that aren't clearly in the same bubble. Yeah. Don't no, trust I, your I neighbor. Don't don't hug it out with your neighbor. <laughs> I, I could completely see that. And, I, you know, when it comes to the time, I think it's like, you know, when you, you get a high five and the people hesitate and you got the awkward high five, there's going to be the old hesitation step. To, you want to shake? I'll shake. You want to shake? Yeah, I'll shake. What the hell? Let's shake. Let's embrace. So we'll see. Hey, P.S., I, I think it's universally acknowledged. It, it's really tough, and it sucks if your birthday falls at this time of year. You feel ripped off. You know, you could feel ripped off unless, of course, you are Diddy's mom. So, so Diddy's mom had her 80th birthday this week. What did he give her? He gave her a Bentley, as an 80-year-old wants. Going, oh, I want that Bentley when I turn 80. And he gave her a check for a million dollars. You know, of course, they, they videotape it. Here's that. And, and that's amazing. Can you imagine giving a million dollars to your mom when she is? They just go, here I am. Here's a million dollars. I got the calculator out, James. Because sometimes I think we go, wow, he's the greatest guy ever. And you might have seen last week when uh, uh, LaMelo Ball gave his teammates Xboxes. I want you to understand the reality of the numbers we deal with. Diddy gives his mom a check for a million dollars. He's worth 780. If you know anyone that makes $100,000 a year, that's roughly giving your mother a check for $1,400. All right, that's, that's generous, but it's not, it's not wow. The Xbox that was handed out in the NBA, all teammates getting Xbox and balls, just, oh, give it a hug, that's so much. On the value he makes, that would be like me walking into Sportsnet and buying everyone a coffee. 15 people a coffee. And it's, oh, so generous. Man, numbers are reality. And I just don't want to give up. That's amazing. He gave a million dollars. No, if you had it, it's not that much. Do you not think that he may have handed a gift of some sort to his uh, mom at some other point in his life? Oh, I would think so. Yeah. So if he's worth $700 million and he gave a million dollars of his worth for just this one specific gift, what's he done for the last 25 years that he has been in the showbiz industry making millions? I'm sure he's and probably yet, hooked her up. Guaranteed. But I think it's the world of the Instagram. Well, this is going to look great. I'm, I'm sure mom's got millions and mom has no need for well, anything. What, like, what's an acceptable so gift in your mind? Hmm? What's an acceptable gift then for you? Like you, you, you want him to make it twenty million dollars? It, it, hey, it allows it allows people like us talk about it. It was all over social media. That's great. Uh, you just get her whatever. Why do you have to? Inst like if you buy something really nice for someone, uh, are you going to make sure it's all publicity, dude? She's uh, eighty. Sure. 
She's 80. Usually seniors are offloading their wealth at this point. They're not inheriting more wealth. Come on. Mm -hmm. She's 80. A million dollars is plenty. I know it is, <laughs> but I'm just saying, wow, that's all. not really. It's 1500 bucks. Let's not make a big deal. She's 80. Million She's 80. She may not have time to spend it all. Well, yeah, that, well, now you're going to go down that really he's, it's not going to be a million. It's an installment. It's deferred payments. That's the next part of this. <laughs> you're right, though, on the, uh, you're right on the uh, birthday close to Christmas, though. Uh, I, my birthday was last week, and, man, I used to lament always getting the, uh, how many times I'd get a relative that would say to me, it's a combined gift. It's your birthday and your Christmas present. Oh, like, oh yes. wait Screw a off. second. Here's a combined finger oh. for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, and P.S., last one here. We go from Diddy being generous in his way to something that was real emotion, and it was yesterday when the Pro Bowlers were announced and the Denver Broncos, Bradley Chubb, who blew out his ACL and talked about the journey to get to being an NFL Pro Bowler yesterday. I remember after when I got the news about the ACL, I called my dad uh, crying. Uh, my bad. Uh, yeah, I was, I was a little emotional going through it, and... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, he just told me to keep my head on straight. Put my head down. Keep work. <laughs> and that's what I did, man. <laughs> just the accolade is huge. But uh, I'm sorry for getting emotional. I just went through a lot this year. But <laughs> this for Joe feels good. You know, we started this show with Travis Green saying, you know, we've told the guys to be pros and be ready and be in shape. Uh, hear that? A guy... Knee injury, do everything, gets announced to the Pro Bowl, and he can't even speak. Uh, I don't think there's any question. Any sport, any work, you'd take a whole bunch of uh, guys with that kind of an attitude that Bradley Chubb has. Good to see yesterday. It's such a default for so many of us that if you've ever got emotional in front of people, whether even even family or friends, like your, your default as a human I often find is you apologize, right? You apologize for getting emotional. Man, Bradley Chubb's got no reason to apologize. That is, you know, the, that speaks volumes to what that guy went through and, and to appreciate. That, that That's great to see. That's that's just genuine well, and, emotion. And listen, how often in our industry, we both worked in television, it's easy to see the pictures. And I watch that and go, man, is that going to is that gonna translate to just hearing it? No. It does, right? He's you know blubbering. how much it means yeah, to yeah, that. Good on real. you. That's it. Yeah. I'm out of time. And that's not BS. That's just PS on this uh, Wednesday morning. Nice. Uh, at Joe Badowski. Three-time Canucks All-Star. Uh, just ask him. He'll join us next right here on your home of Vancouver Hockey, Sportsnet 650. Let's get it going. It's time to get up. There's certain math you can do that will have the, the players owing the league a billion dollars after this season. These guys are here to break it all down. Kyrie with the spin. Kyrie with the bucket. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. If I could pick one player uh, that would probably ask a question of, of that magnitude, it'd be Antoine, uh, who can be a pain in uh, the other team's butts, but also uh, to his own coaches. This is the starting lineup with James Zabolski and Perry Solkowski. Let's 
702 here on this uh, Wednesday, December the 23rd, hour number two. Sabalski, Selkowski, we'll get to Ed Jobanowski in just a quick minute. Uh, a couple of news and notes to uh, to share with you uh, to follow up on Chris Wall's news. But uh, the NHL is set to announce their uh, schedule for this upcoming season at uh, noon today, our time, pair. So uh, Pierre Lebrun from The Athletic reporting that. Uh, just a few minutes ago on social media. And Mackenzie Blackwood uh, signing a, a three-year deal just coming down the wire as well, getting $2.8 million on an AAV for uh, the guy who ran Corey Schneider out of the swamp in Jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah, how'd that work out, Bo Horvat, Corey Schneider? Um, I mean, I'm curious to see the schedule, right? Like, do you think there's any way that teams play – there's no way they could play three games in a row. You think? I don't even know if that if the NHLPA would allow that. Three and four could nights. Three and four nights is not doable. Ne- not necessarily three and four nights, but what if you played back to back against Calgary? Then you got a day off, and Calgary's back here. Like you actually, your opponent is the same three games in a row. I don't see. I don't see three. I, I can't see. A I, I don't see it either. Sunday. But I'd be very curious to see how it's all spaced out. But I could, I could, I could see three and four nights. I just don't see three consecutive. I'm trying oh, to think oh, the last oh, time. Oh, there's going to be a lot of three and four nights. Kidding yeah, me? I, that I see. 156 I don't days see. to get all these games in. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can see the that's, three and four. I don't see three consecutive. And that's why we'll ask Eddie when he joins us. That's why you know the tweak groin when you need that maintenance day. When do you have? Like I just think injuries could be piling up. Some soft tissue injuries here. Oh. Uh, a reminder that this hour is a presentation of Dunbar Lumber, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner, Arbutus Street in Vancouver, or check them out online at DunbarLumber.com. Jovocop, what's going on, my friend? It's uh, Can you still feel festive and Christmassy in Florida? Like, obviously, I mean, we get, we, we're pretty much always getting green Christmases here, although we got a little sprinkle the other day, but... I mean, it's always warm and sunny in Florida. Can you still get festive? Does it feel Christmassy for you? It it does. Um, I guess you make you try to make your home kind of your surroundings as Christmassy as you can. Um, which we you have, have a snow with a machine, couple trees in the house, um, <laughs> a couple, a couple trees, <laughs> a couple trees. <laughs> there's the one that there's the decorative one that I've had. You know, this wonderful lady named Rita, who I've had for years, that comes in, spends two days, and gets and gets the house ready. And then we have the real tree that the kids get after. And that's the one that really annoys me because no one waters it. And then all the, you know, it's all, you know, crap all over the floor, all the pine needle, everything. So I'm always out with the vacuum cleaner trying to keep things tidy. But Well, why don't you water it? I mean, if Rita set up the house... You just forget. Listen, I, if I get down kind of with my hips, I'm not getting up. Great point. And Eddie, <laughs> that brings me to one of my million dollar ideas that I had literally like six years ago, where you have to have a Christmas order, Christmas ornament that is by the stem that guys like you and E, if you're six feet tall, you just pour water into this ornament and it funnels down to the water, the base. That's brilliant. I, I think they, always they thought, do. Uh, they, they do have that one kind of extender where you kind of put like, you know, you're putting water in your car, you're putting antifreeze oil, whatever yeah. you got the long, you know, kind of shoots right down into the, uh, into the stem. So I don't know. By the way, you got a visit from the big man, not only on the 25th, but you got a 
visit from the big man a couple days ago, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Bert and I, uh, yeah, Bert came over, uh, saw him. It's been a long time. Uh, we caught up. Um, he looks great. And, um, yeah, no golf, no golf clubs in hand. Well, he he came down, he, he played a couple, uh, he had a few days of golf prior to him seeing me, but he was supposed to see me just say for, for dates, he was supposed to see me on like on a Wednesday called Jovo. Listen, you know what? I, I can't make it. Okay. Thursday, let's do it tomorrow. Jovo, you, you didn't want to see me, you know, on Thursday, I, I wasn't, I wasn't in good shape. Um, <laughs> Friday, <laughs> Friday, he ended up showing. So, um, him being the Italian, I, and I said, listen, we can, uh, you know, put on a nice, uh, you know, Italian feast for you. So uh, the girl was in the kitchen all all day preparing an Italian meal. Rita? So, so, yeah, not Rita. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so he missed the Italian meal, and uh, we grilled up some steaks the next day for him. But it was good to see him. He looks great. He, he really does. Um, looks happy. He, he speaks so highly of Vancouver. Um so he enjoys what he's doing right now. That'd be a fun one-two punch for you guys to come in and tell. If we ever got back to normal, just having you guys coming in for a party one night and just telling stories, I think that'd be. A, I think I think Canucks fans would be into something like that. For sure, I. You know what? I really do. I, I miss Vancouver a lot, and you don't realize it until you're kind of out of that, you know, scene. But I truly, uh, you know, my time there was great. Um, it's a great city. At any time in the conversation with Bert, did uh, James and my name come up? Uh, no. <laughs> See, well, I thought we had a shout. It's like even just go those idiots. I hate doing it, doing radio. First we, first we get we don't get a mention in Berkey's book, and and now uh, and now Eddie yeah. and, uh, and Bert uh, completely ignoring us. Uh, um, hey, 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 let's. let's focus so what's on new, the guys? Well, let's let's dive in. Travis Green uh, talking to expectations. Um, about what he expects from players going into camp in a couple of weeks. And, you know, basically, you know, I don't think he's reinventing the wheel, but just saying, look, guys, be prepared for a hard camp. Come into camp in game shape. This has been kind of a this has been kind of a unique offseason where you can't really just go out and do your regular workouts like you would have in past years. You know, the expecta- but the expectations are still, hey, look, be ready for a sprint of a season. You know, we were talking about this with Corey Hirsch in the last hour, but you know, guys who like Jake Vertanen sometimes have that rep of not being in the best of shape when camp starts. Can guys shake a label like that, Eddie, over time? Or when it sticks as a player, does it just simply stick as a reputation in the league? I mean, it could if you continually kind of take that gamble on, on coming into camp because – one thing I, I did recognize throughout my career, you can actually see the guys that are lagging behind. Because for the most part, when you do these skating drills and you do these skates at the end, uh, usually it's one pack. Guys are kind of skating together. Everybody's kind of, you know, you know, on the same line as far as finishing a skate. But the odd time you can see one guy really lagging, you know, behind, and you, and you can tell that that guy's out of shape. Uh, it's hard to get in game shape. I know Travis is is leading towards that, being the best possible shape, you know, coming into camp. Um, you know, this this time of working, you really kind of gear yourself towards playing game one, and they're going to get that in training camp. But 
you know, with the limitations, I don't know how they're working with their trainers or their availability for ice to, to, to have that skate to get going. Uh, but for the most part, like you guys know, guys are so in tune with their bodies, their diets, you know, their sleeping patterns, everything to do the necessary things to make them, you know, perform at their highest output. Well, and they have probably even more information now than you did when you played. Eddie, did you kind of, were you ever surprised when you went to a training camp and thought, you know what, that guy was a middle of the pack type of guy. And boy, this year he's, he's come ripped or he looks to be in better shape. Did you see guys improve and understand and get better every September and go, no, they, they are now in year three of taking it more serious. Well, when I was in Vancouver, Daniel and Hendrick. You know, when I first saw them, mind you, they're teenagers, right? So you still got you carrying that little baby fat around. But um, even as their future Hall of Famers, uh, there weren't ripped guys, but you can tell their stamina every year, you know, their workload, you know, got bigger and they can and they can take that. And I think that's something that, you know, you really got to work at because you're, you're a player that's going to get, you know, a lot of time on the ice and you want to be able to kind of withhold it. So. Um, those are two guys that I looked at that really put the work in uh, to get to where they need to be. Yeah, they cer- they certainly kind of changed the game and became and kind of had the reputation of being two of the fittest in the league, you know. Right. It, but it but it takes but it takes time. Like that wasn't an overnight success. Like those guys were in the league for probably what about six years before they finally kind of had the eureka moment sort of thing in the and pl- like you were all. I, I correct me if I'm right, wrong. Right, but, but it's but, like everything, right, James? It's like everything you learn, you know. You know, when I first came in the league, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would work out, but I'd work out non-hockey specific stuff. Okay, I'd do bench press, i do squats and, and get stronger that way. But, you know, as your career went along, you know, now you're jumping with barbells, you with dumbbells, you're, you're all explosive things. So you learn, you know, as you move along and, and uh, workouts get more specific for speed and for strength and that's what you see in a lot of these guys instagram accounts that how they work out it's pretty mind-boggling how you know the work that they put in for it uh we were discussing uh, earlier about expectations on on individuals and we got into Oli levy who hopefully finds a regular spot for him um i'm not gonna say it's it doesn't matter it's not easy to play in the nhl but boy when you're drafted and they're expecting it to happen right away the amount of pressure is immense will it be easier for him because there's so much more on the blue line and it's not right out of the draft year and maybe the expectations are lower because i'm sure his expectations haven't changed yeah and he's a few years older too right perry and i and i think uh you know, any time for defensemen as you you gain experience. And for him, it's it's been slim, right? He's been hurt, um, gained some experience. I don't know how many games he played last year in Utica. Did he, did he uh, end up playing a full year? He yeah, he played the majority of them, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you gain that experience. He was up with the big club during, during the bubble, got some time. Um, and I said this before, I think, you know, the, the maturation level of defensemen you know, could take a little bit longer. You know, I had a great rookie year, um, according to my coaches and to the organization. I slipped <laughs> the following couple of years, but my numbers were better, not by much. You know, but the game got harder where guys were keying in on you. And, and that's what, you know, my message toward, uh, you know, Quinn Hughes would be, 
is that, you know, guys will zero in how more and the game will get tougher for him, but his hockey IQ is so good that I think he can adapt very well where your levy is going to get that, that, that shot. And he was drafted high and the expectations are high, but I think for them, just one is seeing him healthy and contribute is kind of the first step. Cause you know, sometimes teams, you know, hit the panic button on these players and they move them and they end up being star players elsewhere. So, I mean, drafted them high, give them the opportunity. And I think this year would kind of be the telling point for him. Ed Jovanoski here on Sportsnet 650. With that in mind, do guys, what about guys on the roster? And and when you hear, like, do guys pay attention to the to the prospects, you know, the, the established guard? Like, does that, does that change opinion? Like, or do you earn a reputation? Like we talked about at the outset of this conversation, you know, are, are the are the veterans or the established guard kind of going, all right, kid? Like, what do you got here? <laughs> like, don't waste my time, kind of thing. Like, what's what's sort of the mindset of the old guard when they see a young guy like this? Are they rooting for a guy or? For sure. They... Yeah. For sure, and and you know that's what good teammates do, and and you know sometimes you just get a stroke of bad luck for for a couple years where in his situation just can't stay healthy so i think guys are rooting on him they know where he was drafted they know he's a high prospect and he's got the ability to do good things and i think you're going to have guys on his team really you know the leadership group really you know talking with him and encouraging him and and let him know what all the good things he's doing and just be in his corner cuz that's what good teammates do they're in your corner and they want you to do well I always had that teammate where you almost can sense where he didn't want you to do well. You know, you can see that in, in a lot of things in life where you see a really successful guy and guys are bitter over it. Well, the guy took chances and, and the guy worked hard at what he's doing. So I'm sure you worked hard and wants to do well. And if he has guys rallying around him and encouraging him, it's only going to help him. You know, well, it's, a I- coach's, it's a coach's job to listen, you know, teach him and, and, you know, criticize or constructive criticize him, you know, but you always want to kind of push him and and tell him he's doing a good job. But one thing I did have learned over the years is you can't fool your teammates. So if you're not good, guys know it. But Eddie, I'm wondering, we look at him and good time in Utica. You got five minutes in your first ever NHL game and it was in the bubble. But to your point, he was there the whole time with this group. So we only look at what he did on the ice that we could see in television. But how much did he get in confidence being with these guys that much and being that extra body on the ice? I think just as valuable, Perry. I, I think having the opportunity to practice, you know, I, I, you know, the practices during that time are, are not very long, but I'm sure he's worked after the guys got off the ice. So he's continuing working and, and seeing what it takes, you know, to be at this level and, and hanging around and watching the games and, and really probably as a player really wanting to be in that situation. So uh, knows what to expect. It's going to be up to him between the years to kind of put it together. And, you know, I, I think where he was drafted, he was there's obviously something there, you know, that got the organization excited about him, and hopefully he can, you know, prove them right. Well, yeah, Merry it, Christmas, buddy. Um, I guess on the – I got one guess- story. You guys want a story? Absolutely, we want a story. Yeah. So, so my 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 first year, we're we're, we're talking about training camp. So my first year, uh, 
you know, in Florida, I get to training camp and I, I was when my eyes were like, Oh my God, is this like on the skating we're doing? We used to do those 45s where you're, you know, coach blows the whistle. Okay. You're going around the nets for 45 seconds, whatever. It's a tough training camp. Last game of training camp, I fought Brendan Shanahan and I broke my hand, had oh, surgery, oh. missed the, missed 11 games. So now my training camp is starting up again. So my grandfather had passed away and I was in Ottawa. So I kind of jetted back to, to Windsor, did the funeral, came back. So I did morning skate. We were playing Ottawa. I did morning skate. Um, after morning skate, I skated on. I stayed on the ice. Uh, it was at that moment I almost quit hockey. You know what mountains are? Blue sure. line back, red line back. Yeah. Blue line back, goal line back. Yep, well, after practice, after a full morning skate, and after doing a bunch of drills, bull in the ring, this and that, I finished with twelve mountains. Okay. I don't think you can. I don't think you can put a kid in that situation today. I mean, I I was skating up and down the ice. My legs didn't have an angle to them. I was straight legged, and then after that, Lindy Ruff decided to put a hundred pucks across the blue line, and I had to go like six times and shoot every puck, and I had to hit the net. Really, <laughs> you know, different so, time. Right? Um, those were, uh, you know, I don't know if they're doing that now with with guys and growings and and everything. You got to be careful of, but um, I was. Well, the PA would probably have into? the PA would probably have a, a say in that now too, right? <laughs> right. Like, honestly, file, you'd file a, a grievance. Someone would file a grievance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, crazy. <laughs> Oh my Thanks, God. buddy. Uh, always a pleasure. Um, happy holidays to you and, and the family, and stay safe out there. And we will uh, do it again. Thank you. There happy is. holidays, fellas. Three-time Canuck All-Star, five-time All-Star. Five-time All-Star. Now, James, to an All-Star of our own, the budger, Sonia Aslam. Morning. Opening music. How are you? Uh, really busy. We just had breaking news. Canada has just approved the Moderna vaccine. It is on the way. Another vaccine. Another vaccine. So the the big thing about this one, obviously, is that it doesn't have to be kept at the really, really crazy, cold, freezing temperatures as a Pfizer one. So it's easier to transport. Uh, We're going to get shipments within 48 hours. It'll be rolled out at least 168,000 doses by the end of this month. And then we'll have at least 2 million doses by March. That's big. A Christmas gift. Yes, you are welcome. And in doing that, you being a Canucks fan, we we decide we'll give you a Christmas gift. Oh, Ed, yeah? are you still there? I'm here. Sonny, you got a question for Ed? Ed Jovanovsky, Sonny Aslam. Sonny, you're a massive fan. Eddie said, hey, Sonny, you got a question for me. I'll take a question. Oh, good morning. Hi, morning. I had to be prepared for this. I'm all COVID-minded right now. Uh, do I have any questions? Well, Ed's for you, in Florida. Sonia, Ed is in Florida, so there's lots of COVID questions if you want to talk to Ed about that. You're a big Canucks fan. You couldn't handle the court nose. Now you got Jovanoski. Hey, so hey. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are in Florida. Oh, uh, I really don't want to slam Florida on the air with you. That doesn't seem right. That just doesn't seem right at all. We got that much of a bad rap down here. Yeah, you do, unfortunately. Unfortunately. It's just because, you know, it's Florida, and every story that, every news story that we do that is something crazy. So it was, you know, Florida man wrestles gator or florida this and florida that well he was saving a dog oh okay <laughs> way to say are you nervous right now no not at all not okay, at all you just sound a little flustered no it's you know why i'll give you guys the, the play-by-play that your producers just watched was we 
broke the news about Moderna about at 7.19. And then I remembered I have to come over here. So then I grabbed my headphones and then I ran down the hall. Then I ran down another hall and I ran into the studio. And then you guys and were like, we hey, say, here's Sonia. And say hi and Merry Christmas to you. Oh, that's there so sweet. That's so sweet. Thanks, Jovo. Yeah, no, yes, unfortunately. Have I... a Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. And a, and a Happy New Year. Yes, you too. And when I get the invite to come into those studios, I'll be uh, look forward to meeting you. Yes, the round up. table. Me, Seaball, Perry, and you. It'll be great. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. All right, guys. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. To, the, to everyone. At, at 650. Awesome Appreciate job it. this week, uh, this year, man. Uh, awesome with all the playoff coverage as well. And uh, we look forward to doing it all over again in 2021. Likewise. Look forward to noon to see the schedule. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Coming <laughs> up in just a few hours as well. Uh, there's Ed Jovodowski, uh, former Vancouver Canuck, three time All Star here in Van City. And uh, back to Aslan we go. So, Moderna, we've got the Pfizer five vaccine. Time. We got the Moderna. Five t- <laughs> three times with the Canucks there. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Five times overall. He's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's facts. <right. laughs> Uh, okay, so we got two two vaccines approved. There's another one, the AstraZeneca at Oxford University one. I guess yeah. is waiting in the wings as well. So I mean, this is, I mean, two million by March. I mean, that's a significant chunk of our population here now. It is for sure, and so that and those numbers will continue to climb because we're getting weekly shipments now of the Pfizer one. So in conjunction with both of those, you know, I, that the plan right now for Ottawa is to have at least half the pop population rather vaccinated within the next few months like this is moving i think much faster than what we first thought we knew that the moderna vaccine was going to be approved very 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 soon we just didn't realize that the numbers of you know doses they were sending were going to come so quickly so this is listen i I think it's fantastic how they played it right because i believe there must have been people think it may but you can't throw that out there because we're everyone's been in the mindset you know it's going to be the end of summer before everyone's done but and I, I'm sure, it Sonny, they're is. not going to project. Hey, it should be yeah by June. Everyone's got it. No, no, no. But you got to think I, we're moving that way. No, I don't think so at all. I don't think anyone should be thinking that way. It's just the idea that we have the doses in hand. We have them in yeah. the country. That's what matters. But the biggest concern right now is we cannot become complacent. So yes, whoa, this is good news that we have another vaccine on the way. But yeah, you have to keep wearing your masks and following the rules. No, that is that is not the biggest concern. The biggest concern is Perry's going, oh my God, this is going too fast. I'm going to have to start commuting back into the office again here. <laughs> oh my show. God. Well, you, you live, uh, what is it, high up on a mountain, right? In Port Moody, right? Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. uh, zip line rich. in. Super rich. Yeah, so rich. Just rub it in our face. That's fine. It's mm. fine. Yeah. Aslam, thank you. That's uh, that's some great news to to hear this morning uh, as we roll into uh, the holiday season here. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry um, Christmas, boys. And we will do this. Nice job with Jovo, too. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, this is our uh, last bit for, I guess, this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, a, what a break for the listener. Yeah. Hey, well, for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Aslam. Thanks, Merry guys. Christmas. Merry the, Christmas. Uh, it's Sonia. There she is. Uh, Sonia Aslam uh, from News 1130. Breaking news this morning as the uh, Moderna vaccine has been approved by Health Canada, and it's uh, it's all happening uh, more and more as people uh, – uh, it's all happening. Craig and Surrey quickly with a Dunbar Lumber text line uh, visit here at 650-650 pair. 20 bucks says if you brought the Twins into camp right now, they'd be in more game shape than Jake Bertana will be. Craig, you, you can make bet? more money than 20. Would you take that bet? 
Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I I think it was last year that someone said if the Sedidians were at camp, they would be. Was it when you and I were doing an event with them that we asked, where would you finish if they were fitness testing? And they said they wouldn't be, you know, in, in better shape than any of the players, but they would certainly be middle of the pack. Yeah, those, they, those they, yeah who, I think I think they'd be all right. Terry and Richmond wondering, hey, boys, did, did Bert mention to Jovo if he's moving back to Van before or after the inauguration? I'll say this, like in all seriousness, I would not be shocked if if Bert moved back here to Vancouver. Legitimately, like all the all the joking aside from the last couple months, I wouldn't be surprised if Bert. I wouldn't even be surprised if Eddie found his way back here at some point uh, in the next we, few years. We had a conversation with Jovo off air and knew Bert had been there. And asked, was he looking at property? He goes, you know, he's kind of, he's looking. And Bert said he's waiting until, you know, the kids are all settled. But we had mentioned, hey, you know what it is? Uh, you know, he's mentioned Van. He goes, no, Eddie said, no, he's mentioned Van. He's, that's, hey, Terry's not joking. He may be making his way back up here. He's, uh, there will be a new address for Mr. Bertuzzi shortly. And it could very well be in Vancouver. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 27 minutes after 7 o'clock, Mr. Fix-It, Ken Priestley, Stanley Cup winner. Dunbar Lumber drops on by next right here on your home of Vancouver hockey, home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. It's time for Mr. Fix-It, brought to you by Dunbar Lumber, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver. Online at DunbarLumber.com. Now, here's Ken Priestley. 733. A reminder, this segment brought to you by Dunbar Lumber, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner, Arbuter Street in Vancouver, or check them out online at DunbarLumber.com. Busy time of the year, and we are joined by Stanley Cup champion from Dunbar Lumber, Ken Priestley. Ken, tell me this. Uh, are you a millionaire after you got your Wayne Gretzky rookie card graded? No, I, w- I, I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not close, anyway. <laughs> You're not close. Okay. It, we, we, got, we got a nice card, for sure. And uh, it was it was nice to finally, after years and years and years of collecting these things and trying to figure out, you know, what's worth something. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice to finally figure out that the card that I have is actually graded. It's in plastic. I'm not gonna, you know, wreck it in any way. And it's, it's there now to look at and uh, and appreciate. And if someone wants it down the line, or, or you know, grandkids or whatever. Um, it's there, it's official, it's got its stuff. So yeah, it's fun. It, it was, it was a very cool experience, but, uh, it is now officially done. I have my Wayne Gretzky rookie card graded. Ken, were you cl- a collector or this is like so many of us in this country that had them as kids and you were the smart ones or, and, or your parents go, no, you never, you never got rid of them. And you knew somewhere there was a Gretzky card in your hands, or it was this something that you did down a long time ago. Um, I, I'm going to say that I was a collector, but I, but I'm, I'm, I wasn't a collector as in how my dad did it. My dad and I always went out on Saturdays. It was, it was, it was his day to, to, to take the kids out and give my mom a break and, and do whatever we did. And, uh, a lot of the times, uh, you know, there was some fun experiences going to the park and doing all that kind of stuff. But there were some times where we went to card shows or book shows or stuff that we really didn't really want to go to but then i found out it was a sports show and that guy kind of got interested but all i wanted was cards that i could just play with at school you know put them against the wall knock them down top them up whatever it was um but my dad saw something different and 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 he he was the one who would buy single cards he would buy 
group sets. He would buy years at a time. And then he just put them away. And, you know, I knew these cards existed when I was young, but I didn't pay attention to those. I had my stack that I was allowed to play with, put wax on them, do draw on them, do whatever I wanted to do. them. But then he had his cards. And it wasn't until probably my first, oh, my first or second year pro that he actually said, hey, these are, I, I don't want these here anymore. You take them to your house. So they stayed in the same box. They were never touched. And it wasn't until literally on Monday at, uh, at 11 o'clock that the first guy to look through these cards said, uh, ah, it's a nice collection. We should take some time and look at them one day. And, and so what did, your, what did your Wayne Gretzky rookie card get graded at? Do you remember? Uh, it, it got graded, as, as, I think, as, as Peter said, it's a 7.5 it's a near mint card. So That's high for a Gretzky yeah, rookie card. He didn't, he didn't tell me about, a, about, a, about how much it was or what its value was. It's basically, as he said, it's up to you as the collector. Do you want to keep the card? Do you want to sell the card? Because you can do whatever you want now on eBay. You know, you just put it up there and see what it's worth. Um, but he said, basically, it's the frame around my card that uh, isn't exact. Left and right is a little bit narrower on the right-hand side. But other than that, corners are perfect. And and uh, he said, no, it's a very nice card. So we did a couple of cards. We did a Lemieux. We did a Wah. And uh, we were thinking about doing a Larry Robinson. But, um, you know, that's for another day, another time. But it was it was a really cool experience meeting Peter and, and, and watching him do what he does Um he must have a, a real love for this because uh, he knows a lot of stuff. He knows a lot of stuff. So so just a quick gander here, uh, just as I look at a Wayne Gretzky rookie card from Opeachy, graded at 7.5 right now on eBay, there are a couple of listings for a 7.5 grade, and the cheapest one is 7500 Another one's nice. eleven thousand, and another one's fifteen thousand. Now it's what somebody's willing to pay for those, but I think you're probably looking at a, a few thousand dollars anyway. So yeah, it, not it, a million, it, but it's, it's still a not win. Not a million, but you know, I think there was a story behind that one that went for a million too. There's that that card has been in circulation for a while, and it's been yeah. at a couple of different auctions for the last couple of years, right? And I think the first time it went, it went for four hundred thousand or something like that. So this card over what a year's time or two years time has just taken off. But like, it's just, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the reason was, um, yeah, someone felt like they needed to buy a, a, a playing card for a million bucks. When you're in the room and you're working, uh, you don't think that way. Some NHL players have a bunch of memorabilia. You played with some, some hall of famers. Did, did you, what do you have for the Ken Priestley memorabilia? And if your father was still around, was hey man, can we get this or that? Did you did you collect and think that way as a player or as your career was winding down? I, I did. I, I collected my stuff. I collected some stuff in Buffalo. I collected some you know some sticks and some cards and some stuff from from players like that. And and obviously when you play on the team, it's very easy. And the, the you know the players are more than willing to to sign some cards for you. Um, it, it, it didn't really kick in until after I played, right? Like I could have got so much more stuff and, and paid attention when I was my first year, which is, which is crazy. Jill Perot was still in the Buffalo organization. And, oh. and to this day, I think he only played maybe 10 games that year, maybe 15. I'm not a hundred percent sure 
what the reason was that he he didn't finish the season. Um, but he was he was there, and he was one of those guys that, as a kid, the French Connection and Rennie Robert and Rick Martin and and Jill mm-hmm. Perot. I mean, that was a very cool line when I was a kid to to watch, and a very cool line to actually see in person. They weren't playing, but they you saw them in person. They were around the rink every once in a while. Um, I wish I would have got something from Jill Perot, but um, but it just never happened. It was it was later on in the career where I where I got some sticks and and stuff signed and you know my biggest my biggest thing with hockey memorabilia is I was I was so involved when I was a kid with hockey everything was hockey there was there was a couple other sports involved but everything was hockey you live and breathe it and and I always would kind of think about hey what happens if I ever get my own card one day what am I going to do and and I remember the the day that I got my first card or saw my first card because I was walking out of the tunnel in Pittsburgh, and uh, I was so used to just walking by people and signing a, a you know a blank card or something like that, and uh, a little guy just came up out of the blue and said, "Hey, can 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 I can you sign my card?" And uh, oh sure, I looked at him and said, "Yeah, no problem." I looked down and it was actually my own card, and I actually was <laughs> was shaking, going, um, "Can I have the card?" Right? Like I've I'd never seen it before, and it was just the coolest feeling to to actually see that card and have another guy, a little guy ask me to sign it. So of course I signed it and, you know, was super excited, got in the car, went home and said, Hey honey, we're going for lunch, but I got to find a card shop. I got to find my card here. And uh, sure enough, there was a card shop just downtown and bought a couple of boxes and it took me probably five minutes, 10 packs in. And I finally ripped open one pack and second or third card in was mine. And that was one of the coolest things ever in my career it was uh, no matter what you do on the ice that was it right I had my own card I instantly phoned my dad took a picture of it sent it to him and uh, I think it was probably his proudest moment oh that's that that's incredible I mean to have to have that yeah. moment and, and to not and to not have it sent to you in the you know in the mail or anything exactly. but to, to have a kid come up to you holding it and you had never seen that before now it's funny to think though that you know here we are almost 30 years after winning a Stanley Cup with Mario Lemieux you're getting one of his rookie cards graded you never thought at any point like maybe I should bring this in and get 66 to sign this thing I never thought of that. I have I have some cards of his that are signed for sure, um, but I never. I, I that's not the one that's graded for me. That did, for me. Can can tell me this with, with with Mario? Did were guys always asking him to sign stuff? Like when a, when yeah, you're that big a rock star, like were people always looking for something from him? Um, not not as a team. No, I, I, as a as a group of guys. I mean, it, it happens every day. You walk in the you walk into the dressing room and there's stuff to sign, right? And yeah. You, and you take your time. You get rid of the stuff, and then and then you go to out and do your business. There's so much. You watch his day and his life, and and every time he gets off the bus or every time he gets on a plane or off a plane or whatever, there's there's just people wanting something from him, whether it be an interview or a signature or whatever. And and the guy was so. He was so gracious in what he did. He he always had time, and that's one thing that I have to say about him. He was he was an uh, arguably in any conversation the best player in the world at any given moment, and you can put him in any conversation because I, I truly think that without his injuries, I mean he's he's doing some very very special things. Not taking anything away from Wayne. Wayne's a phenomenal player, and look at the stuff he's done. But but Mario just. You know, he did some great, great things and, and unfortunately had some uh, some injuries there. But um, that guy there, he treated everybody with respect, treated everybody on his team 
whether you were a first liner or or a fourth liner, you were the same position that he was. And uh, for the amount of stuff that he was asked to do, uh, I don't ever remember anything, him turning down anything. It was just, yep, no problem. I'll take the time and, and, and go. It was actually the trainers and stuff that pulled him away before he would. Yeah, he seems like one of those guys that if you didn't want to ask as a teammate, he knew at the end of the year, did everybody get like a stick or something? Knew the value 100%. that that he would bring, no? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I remember I had I had cards. I had a stack of cards, probably 30 cards at one time um, for all the teammates and Paul Coffey and Tommy Barrasso and all those guys. I had at the end of the year, I just got I went and got signed. And he was on the medical table doing doing something. And I think I had 10, literally 10 cards for people um and myself for him and he yeah sure enough rolled over signed them all and then continued on but yeah when, when it's a, when you're a teammate or, or or something like that it's very easy for for you to get stuff signed by by your teammates and there's, there's just something that you do merry christmas thank you very much for being, joining us along the Thanks, ride man. over the course of uh 2020 it's been a funky year but uh you guys have uh, made it work at dunbar lumber and uh thanks for being part of the journey here at sports Night 650 here kenny yeah, thank you guys. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody. It's uh, it's been a blast, and uh, hope everything uh, goes well. And uh, everybody at uh, Dunbar Lumber, I'm told, is waiting for you to sell your Gretzky rookie so they get their Christmas bonus this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take care, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Take Thanks, care. Ken. All right, there he is, Ken Priestley, Dunbar Lumber. Uh, visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Beater Street in Vancouver, or uh, check him out online at DunbarLumber.com, and maybe ask Ken to bring in his card collection while you're at it one day. Uh, Seven forty-five. Yeah, your Canucks commute coming up at the top of the clock. Uh, Ron McLean from Hockey Night in Canada will drop on by because it's on. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. And uh, man, looking back on our final show of 2020. Uh, it is crazy to kind of take note of who we've lost in the sports world over the course of 2020. We'll touch on that next right here on Sportsnet 650. This is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus. Ten minutes to uh, eight o'clock here on this Wednesday morning. A high of four degrees, clearing skies later this morning. James Sabalski, Perry's uh, Solkowski, uh, hanging out with you until uh, nine o'clock this morning here on the starting lineup on Sportsnet 650. And uh, one of the more popular holiday songs in the uh, household at this time of the year, the Hippopotamus song. I want a hippopotamus. I guess Perry's just letting this one breathe. <laughs> well, no, you got to let Christmas music play. No, okay. What I realized yesterday, we were playing Feliz Navidad, and for all the years and I liked that, I know no other words other than Feliz Navidad. That really? Should I not? Like, I went full Petey. I went to Lance Pedersen with Michael Bublé. I didn't know any of the words. In Feliz um, Navidad. You know, I, I was I was looking on on Desvin's website last night, and uh, not to not to not to bring it down uh, to be Debbie Downer, but our last episode of of twenty twenty, and to kind of you know, we lost Kevin Green uh, the other day, um, you know, third all time in the NFL sack list. And what a personality he was in the National Football League, especially in the 90s. But here was a guy who was a perennial pro bowler, just a tenacious motor on him with the Blitzburg defense in the 90s. Uh, they got to a Super Bowl. It, it, Neil O'Donnell was their quarterback. It tells you how ferocious that defense was when you can get to a Super mm-hmm. Bowl with Neil O'Donnell as your quarterback. But 
man, looking at the names that like we lost some absolute heavyweights in sports over the course of 2020. Yeah, uh, you know, we we had this discussion yesterday, and it just has been the longest year ever. But I, I think anyone listening to this show uh, will always remember the weekend when they they see the news early in the morning that Kobe Bryant may be on this helicopter, and then it's confirmed. And to Kobe Bryant, how that started, and the and the outpouring of emotion for him, James, and it wasn't. It wasn't North America. It wasn't L.A. based. I, I think it was worldwide that you saw how the Mamba effect had happened. And, you know, and, and that's how, how the year started. And then, you know, you mentioned Kevin Green and that's days ago. But then, you know, Maradona last month. No kidding. I mean, you're talking about two absolute global icons from a sports standpoint that we lost this year. But Kobe Bryant and Diego Maradona uh, this year. But man, like you know, you look at like college legends, you know, John Thompson, you know, Lute Olson, absolute, yeah. you know, rock stars in, in the in college basketball, you know, baseball. Like there was, you know, pair. There was a two week window where it was just Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer that we love. You know, Bob Gibson, Tom Seaver, Lou Brock, Joe Morgan, Whitey Ford, you know, Don Larson. Al Kaline, Mr. Tiger. And then for me, one that really hit home, Tony Fernandez. I mean, that feels like ages ago, but man, yeah. Tony Fernandez. I was a huge Tony Fernandez fan with the Jays as a kid. And and it's funny to think that, you know, the greatest trade in, in all likelihood of Blue Jays franchise history was Tony Fernandez and Fred McGriff for Joe Carter and mm-hmm. Roberto Alomar, which turned out to be a watershed moment for the franchise that led to two back-to-back World Series in 92 and 93. But man, like part of me that day hearing the news that Tony Fernandez had been traded, like, you know, inner me was like, man, that sucks. I love Tony Fernandez. Trade worked out great. But, you know, that was a okay, meant so much to that franchise and, you know, in baseball in Canada here in the in the 80s and even into the early 90s. Well, in, in the NFL, you throw Don Shula, uh, Gail Sayers. So we weren't Gale talking Sayers, about guys yeah. who played in the league like you're talking the best ever you're talking the hall of famers and and we all you know we, we think on on the big scale but my goodness when we got the news months ago that jack mcelhargy had passed away oh and what he had done in this organization for vancouver and in this city and with the alumni i mean you know jack mack was just a guy you would see at every event there was and jack mack was just the nicest guy around it um yeah it it was uh it was tough to actually read and remember and just think man we've lost so many good people and what has been such a a tragic year right around the globe you know fred sasakamus uh yeah you know, we just lost a few weeks ago pierre lacroix just passed away last week and you know you look at the colorado avalanche and the rivalry that the canucks and the avs had you know in the early 2000s and you know hopefully that gets back to being a fiery rivalry again with you know Petey and mckinnon and man the talent on both sides they're fun games these days when they go on the ice together but you know pierre lacroix was the architect of you know just a cavalcade of rock stars back in, you know, Sackick and Forsberg and Roy and Blake. Like when that, you think about when that team would roll into town pair and you'd walk into yeah. that room to grab a couple of interviews either before the game or after. You just looked around. I mean, you know, Milan Hay Duke, you know, was arguably the fifth or sixth best player on that team. And think about how good he was. Chris Drury part of that mix. Adam Foote. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. And that was Pierre Lacroix's doing. Uh, it it really uh, was was something to see, and um, you know he built so many things, and and so much of what is good in sports is the people, 
Uh, and we said goodbye to a lot of them, James. So, you know, and we thought if this is our last show, we try and put things in perspective. Uh, and the one, there's one guy, James, who, who does that better than anybody else in this country. It is Ron McLean, and Ron McLean will join us on the other side. As we take it to on the final show for us on the starting lineup as we count down the days to Christmas on the home of hockey, counting down the days to the Vancouver. It's on, buddy! It's on! Sportsnet 650. Spicing up your morning drive with the Canuck Commute. I think the Canucks players have been told a couple of things. I think they've been told about the possibility of starting the year in Edmonton and playing in that building. I think they've been told about the possibility of starting the year on a road trip. This is the starting lineup with James Sabalski and Perry Solkowski. Yeah, you remember the game, Where's Waldo? How about Where's Where's the home for the Vancouver Canucks? That could be the uh, that could be the new game come 2021 when the NHL schedule is released uh, coming up uh, around noon today, uh, based on reports. James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski with you here on your Canucks commute on this Wednesday, December 23rd, hour number three of the starting lineup here on Sportsnet 650. And uh, I mean, I think Edmonton's still an option. Perry, I think I've said this before, and. I, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world in terms of where this team plays with the fact that there's no fans in the stands, so I don't think there's a decisive home ice advantage. But, you know, the idea of maybe shaving some travel down here for this team, I don't think it would be the worst thing playing in possibly Edmonton or some suggestions like Elliot Friedman was, was saying and even people saying to me yesterday on, on Twitter uh, that Saskatoon may be even a possibility for the Vancouver Canucks, although I can't see that one happening. I can't see that happening. In fact, I I would wager before, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't happen um, before the new year, but I bet you a couple of days in, I I think all provinces will have all the information and say, we're okay, you can play from home. It's going to be the first time I would imagine in pro sports history that, James, we'll get a schedule in a couple of hours and it'll say Vancouver versus Edmonton and the game time and then the location might say uh, to be determined. Because I think essentially that's what you're going to have to have for the first little bit. but I, I wonder, as, as we look at it, how bothered the players are. You know, when we talk to Jovo, when we talk to a Bert, I think athletes are such creatures of habit. They'll look at the schedule where they're playing, and, and they'll find out. I mean, they live out of their suitcases. They want to have a situation, and having the NHLPA make sure they go, hey, we're not going in a bubble and staying there for a long time. But I think these guys are so anxious to play that that they'll be okay with whatever it is. And I understand from a, a provincial health standpoint, all the provinces going, well, hang on here. We could be going into the abyss here with the holiday season and how people treat it. We can't just rubber stamp you right away. But I, I do think uh, in the next 10 days you will see, uh, yeah, everyone will be okay, follow the protocol to, to play in their own home cities. I'm, that's my hope. Well, look, the – I don't think the province of British Columbia is waiting until January 8th where this current uh, sort of restriction is in place before they tell the NHL. I mean, they've kind of suggested they'll let them know in the next few days. So I don't think mm-hmm. the numbers climbing over the Christmas holidays will have will dictate any of that. I just think that it's a question of whether BC feels like they like what the NHL's protocols are, right? And we all thought it was a slam dunk back in the summer. I mean, hey, you know what? In some respects... It's a good thing hearing that BC is the toughest government to crack, right? Like, I like hearing that, right? I mean, you look at what's going on in Alberta. There's a reason why those cases are going through the roof right now. So, again, I don't think it's the end of the world if the Canucks, at least to start the season, aren't here in Vancouver. Uh, They obviously show that they can win on the road and as a team. Hey, they knocked out the defending Stanley Cup champions in a bubble in Edmonton, right? So, it can work. 
I, I'm not bothered by it all. As a citizen of this province, and, and Dr. Henry said as much, like there's a lot of things on her plate right now. To go, hey, everybody stop, NHL, let me look at it. Yep, there you go, Gary Bettman, yeah, it's all good. No, 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 no. We've got other people to worry about right now. She'll get to it. She understands that, you know, the, the massive economic impact is not there because they're not going to have fans there. But I, I, I like the fact that she hasn't prioritized it, but I do appreciate the fact that she realizes this is a big decision that has to be made and she'll make it carefully and not review something really quick. I mean, how often do you get, you know, a 10-page memo or something to look at and you know, flip, 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 where do I sign? Great. <laughs> that, that's okay for you and I. It's not when you're a doctor. It's not when you're in charge and, and we're dealing with what we already go. No, we got to look through it and see if I can poke holes in it. And if you've covered everything, then then I'll be good. And but by the way, let me talk to some of my colleagues around the, the country and, and see if they see anything that I don't. Hey, I, rushing things when it comes to what we're dealing with now with COVID-19, that's not a win. Taking your time and going, I'm, I'm comfortable with it is the right thing to do. I'm just going to use a really obscure reference here right now. Never mind that crap. Here comes, Mo- here comes Mongo. No, Blazing Saddles. Ron McLean, it's been a while since we've had a chance to catch up with the rock star from Hockey Night in Canada, but it's on as the commercials are showing us. Uh, Ron McLean set to drop the puck on another season of Hockey Night in Canada in just a few weeks. And uh, Ron, welcome back to the show. Happy holidays, sir. You, you two are old enough to remember. I felt like Maxwell Smart doing my little bit in the uh, <laughs> CIA extravaganza. Anyway, yeah, it was Ron nice joining us not by cell but by shoe today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Agent 86. Anybody remember Agent 86? Well, yeah, it was fun to do that. And we, we've been doing as much as we can, anticipating the lockdown. You know, Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup, we shot that. We shot promos. So we're, we're all in a preparedness state. Uh, and let's just see what happens next. And I believe, were you talking about Bonnie Henry? I just picked up the last part of that conversation. We, we were, yeah. We were talking about BC just taking their time with this. Yeah, which is great. I, I, you know, the, the big thing I think you're probably finding all across the country is uh, various uh, governments in various, you know, uh, stri- stripes, uh, they're all coming to a conclusion. Public buy-in is now the next. I, I just heard, I was talking to somebody in Victoria this morning, that it's just craziness out there on the streets and, you know, the malls are packed and everything's still full go. So everybody's in that same mode. Uh, but what you have to do now is to create that public buy-in. And uh, for Bonnie Henry and all the health officials, I, I feel so badly for the doctors because, you know, sustainable high performance for them, uh, they've been through so much for such an extended period of time. There's been a lot of talk, uh, especially in the United States, where they didn't get a lot of support of, you know, folks leaving the profession because it was just too much. Uh, so anyway, she, she's always been a, a little bit of a beacon, Bonnie Henry. And uh, I, re- I read a book, uh, Robinson Crusoe wrote, or sorry, uh, Daniel Defoe, who wrote Robinson Crusoe, wrote a book called Preparing for the Plague about the bubonic plague in 1665. And honestly, you two, it's the same arguments. They go around, you know, what is individual choice? What are our freedoms? What are our rights? And what are the doctors saying? You know, th- that debate is uh, as old as time. Well, and, and I mean, even a hundred years ago, right? With us, with the uh, yeah. with the pandemic then, and uh, in you know around 1920 or the late uh, you know 1918, uh, the, the whole dynamic and the conversation of what what's acceptable and what the civil liberties and and freedoms. And there's and, so many options, right, James? Yes. I mean, that's uh, you know, the, it's no different than uh, when you debate, you know, what what are the Canucks going to look like, you know, and how will they, you know, will Michael Furlan be ready? A lot of it's uh, is great conjecture and great talk radio, but. I mean, there's always a, another path that you can take. And uh, in, in the situation with the Canucks, you know, I mean, like uh, Ian McIntyre had a nice report on it yesterday. I mean, Edmonton and uh, Toronto both lost in their playoff series despite having the home ice advantage. So Vancouver's a, a great little hockey team. And, 
you know, they're, they're just looking for uh, the chance to play, and wherever it is, we'll be academic, I think. Uh, Ron McLean joining us as we, as we wrap up and put a bow on 2020. Uh, as excited as we are for January 13th and start talking about the sport we love, I mean, Ron, you've, you've got a lot of history. I've got a lot of history around this game, Estes James. I, I, I know something's going to happen as far as injuries and what we're going to have these athletes ask. I mean, are you approaching this, you know, 56 game schedule as, as the greatest unknown ever? Because I just don't think there can be anything predictable about what we're going to see and what we're asking these athletes to do um, in what's going to be a fascinating sprint. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think even last year's playoffs, you know, that whole Steve Stamkos coming in and playing five shifts, and scoring a yes. goal for all time, you know, the, what Oscar uh, Lindblom coming back from his uh, Ewing sarcoma, uh, you, you were filled with these, uh, you know, magical kingdom stories. And, and we'll get, though, like even I was thinking a little bit watching Steve Nash. Wasn't it great to see him debut with uh, Brooklyn? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, it's got I some mean, players. <laughs> I think a lot about Steve Nash on different ethical issues always because he wrote the foreword to Simon Keith's book, A Heart for the Game. Simon Keith is from Victoria. They went to the same high school, Steve Nash and Simon Keith, and played soccer together and Simon is the first one to ever have a heart transplant and come back and play professional soccer and he's had a second heart transplant the first one lasted 33 years and then he had another transplant back in uh, 2019 around April and last summer when the playoffs were on and Vancouver was playing Vegas Simon Keith was sending me photos from Vegas of him watching the Vancouver Canucks he was wearing his Canucks uh, kit and they had the whole backyard uh, laid out with Vancouver merchandise, but he is, his, one of his great influences was Steve Nash. And when last night they won big in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they were talking about Kevin Durant and about, you know, how did he look for having an Achilles and making the connection to medicine, and that, that never goes away. So, yeah, it's just a, it's going to be a fa- an intriguing 56 games. Um, but, no, you know, we, we've been through so many of these, right? We've had shortened seasons and no seasons. Um, ultimately, it just comes down to... It, it happens fast, 24-7. We get a new story, a surge in volume around that. And uh, I was happy with Steve Nash yesterday, and I'm waiting for what it'll be come January 13th. Ron, let's let's look at the North Division, the All-Canadian Division that everybody's fired up about. I mean, the unfortunate thing is only four teams are going to move on. And, you know, you hmm. look at the way that, you know, you look at the the long build. It's funny, as, as Rogers, our parent company, you know, first got the hockey rights back in, what, the end of 2013 or 2014. And, you know, so many of these teams were in rebuilds, and now you've got this window where I think you've got, you know, at least if it's not this year, it's next year, that you've got at least six of the seven teams that are saying, you know what, we want to win a Stanley Cup in the next year or two here. Who do you like in the division? Well, it's, I find it impossible to, you know, I, I, I can never quite figure out Edmonton, but the, the one thing, James, I'll say about this is, uh, we're so lucky, you know, in the in the past, the idea of uh, divisions and, and playing within, uh, the big problem was, what do you mean I don't get to see Mario Lemieux? Or, what are you talking about if I live in Toronto? I don't get to see Wayne Gretzky this year. So that never worked, and, and it's not going to happen this year. You're, you're going to be denied, but the, the people who are really going to be denied are the folks in the United States, because all the great players seem to be in Canada. Elias Pettersson and Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl over in Edmonton and Matthews and Marner in Toronto. And it's just, uh, you know, we're so blessed to have all, for whatever reason, maybe it's the lean years, but we have all this great talent we'll be playing in that northern division. So handicapping it, wow. Uh, I mean, Vancouver's, uh, if Demko is what he was in those few games last year, 
I think the addition of Nate Schmidt, fantastic. I love that team. You know, it would be nice to see Furland be okay to play. I still think Edmonton's got uh, a lot, and I think Toronto's got a lot. Those are, you know, as much as Montreal's rebuilt, um, you, you've got Price and uh, Allen, but you can only play one at a time. So I, I just think it's those. Calgary's, you know, you, you know Jacob Markstrom, so they're very optimistic. But I, I kind of tend to favor the Canucks, Oilers, Leafs in that order. But, Ron, it's, it's, I don't think it's hyperbole. You know, for the first time in 30 years, this could be, and with the exception of Ottawa, which to me is still intriguing, as competitive, as intriguing as the Canadian teams have been in 30 years. Like, it's right. ironic that we get this when you go, okay, no, there's there's no one who's a real bottom feeder. They all have wonderful stories and intriguing stories. That, like, go back to Edmonton, Calgary. They were the two best teams in the NHL in the late 80s, but then – you know, he had the little blip by Montreal in 93 and, and Toronto a little bit. But as a whole, our country's probably never been stronger with the pro teams that, that live here. No, it's a, it's an electric time uh, to be sure. And I, and I just think the, you know, the fact that um, we, we will have one make the final four is, is a good thing. That's, that's been a, you know, a serious concern for us the last little while. It reminds me a little bit, too, of when the Montreal Expos were, you know, they got the season pulled away on them. Uh, and they were the best team in Major League Baseball, so they always won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to bring the Expos into the conversation, absolutely. Now you're really pulling at the hard strings here, Ron. Um, you, you, uh, the schedule is supposed to drop later on today around noon Pacific time. Do you have a sneak peek or a sense of what this is going to look like at all here, what they're talking about? I mean, a lot no, of No, I was saying in my English uh, that unfortunately our Hockey Night in Canada meeting is set for 1 o'clock. I have one uh, just before that with Joel Darling uh, on Hockey Day in Canada, Scotiabank Hockey Day in Canada, and then we go into our Hockey Night in Canada meeting. I'm not sure if you guys are involved in that, but it's at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern. So I don't know if they'll have any word there. I have an inkling they might. Uh, but sadly, yeah, uh, you'll have to wait for Twitter and uh, Elliot. <laughs> Who breaks it first? Um, Are expectations realistic for Vancouver Canuck fans? Once we heard the word, uh, Chris Hagan said, "Ah, you know, we have to prove that we weren't a fraud. What's more realistic, what we saw in the bubble or what we saw in the final two months of hockey from a Vancouver perspective and a Montreal Canadian perspective? Oh, I just think they're uh, such a great team. Uh, You know, I think Bo Horvat really had a a valuable run in the playoffs that was really good for him because you know the weight of the sea was probably uh, an adjustment uh, and I thought he was fabulous you know Pedersen goes without saying he's magic uh, I just think the defense you know it's already an enviable defense they have everything that you know the great teams have had whether it's Chara uh, or Colton Pareko you've got Tyler Myers and whether it's you know whoever you think is the most Duncan Keith skilled defenseman moving the puck it's Quinn Hughes so they've they've got it uh, and to add Nate Schmidt who I know they just loved in Vegas. Uh, that that's a that's a fantastic, and I honestly think that's the secret of the game right now is to have. That's what's held Toronto back a little bit. I do believe Morgan Riley is a hell of a player, uh, but I you know clearly and Jake Muzzin came in to try and fill that stud defender role, um, but I don't think they're on. And Edmonton's in the same boat. They they have all their attack is great. But what they need to shore up is their blue line a little bit, and that is not the case in Vancouver. So there's, and that's why Calgary is good when they're good. So I think I think it's totally legitimate to have high expectations. The the, the one sort of caveat is uh, Demko came in with not a lot of pressure, right? It was a behind in a series. You're not the number one guy, uh, but I think it was very 
clever of Jim Benning to get Braden Holpe because he'll be uh, he can a take the net if it has to be that way, and he'll certainly be a, a wonderful compass for Thatcher. Well, and that's I mean it, I think that it's the massive question marks with the goaltending, but you, know, you talk about the love that you got for Vancouver or the chances that they have in terms of competing in the uh, in the North Division. Like if 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 Thatcher Demko looks anything like that three game run against Vegas. And if Brayden Holpe, who was the same age as Jacob Markstrom, gets back to closer to the Brayden Holpe that won a Stanley Cup and was a Vesna Trophy winner compared to the guy he was last year, then, man, Vancouver is, to me, they're, they're probably the best team in the division. But I think it's just such a what-if sort of scenario right now. But you look across all seven teams, you know, and take Ottawa out of the equation for a second and the other six, like, you know, there's there's legitimate holes or question marks that need to be answered for every one of these teams that have an aspiration of winning the cup this year, whether it's Toronto and the chemistry, Montreal and all the chemistry that they're going to have to deal with Edmonton. We've looked at for, like you said, the last five years and even the flames with all the changes that they've made. I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions, but somebody's going to answer one. And I think there's a potential for a, like a real Eureka here going forward. You know, one thing about Demko that, uh, and there's no scientific evidence backing this thought, but I used to always have this feeling uh, about a goalie making a great first impression is usually the real thing. When Patrick Oa broke onto the scene, he was great immediately, and then maybe a bit of a fallback. Grant Fuhr, great immediately, and then sent to the minors. Same happened to Barrasso, great, then sent to the minors. And Brodeur, great, and they win the cup the next year, and then they have an off year and miss the playoffs. But they usually signal their excellence at the beginning. And so I, I take that Demko uh, cameo, albeit a cameo, and I, I attach a fair bit of weight to it. I, I kind of believe in it. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But uh, I'm, I'm convinced right now I'm a fan. Would you anticipate, we saw it with the NFL, no preseason games, and boy, we watched a lot of scores on Sunday. Wow, they got 40. How many, you know, no longer the 10-3 games going on. Do you think because these guys will will work as hard as they can in a training camp but no exhibition games, we're going to see some six and seven goal games to start while everyone figures it all out. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be the opposite. The preparation time I felt was great for uh, defending. I thought coaches would be able to coach uh, very successfully. That was more to do with though preparing for the for the bubble playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the schedule. You know, you're going to know your enemy quite well uh, because you're going to play them so often. So I think I think that may give these great coaches. A bit of the upper hand, and that means you know Dave Tippett, as great as he's got on on the offensive side, and he plays Tip or he plays McDavid and Drysaitel the whole five minutes of overtimes, but he he's a defense first, and you have to be in order to win. So maybe we'll see it, uh, but I don't think so. Perry, the one the one other thing that I would observe is that you know teams that have added like when Vancouver added a guy like Jay Beagle. Uh, Dallas added Pavelski and Perry, and weren't they valuable? Like they 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 didn't yes. you know dominate during the regular season, but when the playoffs came around, guys like that who had uh, won, especially in the case of Corey Perry, uh, that that's a real thing to look for. So pick, pickups like that, you know, the Canucks are, people ask, well, are they going to do anything? And I think they're still waiting on Michael Furland and the finances. Um, but keeping those kinds of guys in the mix, if you can get them, uh, that's where Toronto adds a Joe Thornton. And I know he's never won at all, uh, but I still consider him a winner. He's won World Cups and he's won over at Davos and yeah, great player, and th- those kinds of guys are invaluable, I think, in this short season, and bang, you're into the, the real thing. 
looking forward to seeing you getting back into the swing of things here. You've had enough time off there, Ron. So I know too much. <laughs> I, I, I'm like Elliot. I'm starting to bet on NFL. Yeah, if you show up with a, if you show up with a big ass beard here, all of a sudden, then we're really going to uh, yeah. ask questions. Yeah, no. Well, listen. Best of the season to you guys, and uh, we'll be talking uh, come. January 13th. We'll hopefully get back in the groove there on Fridays. Looking forward to it. Thanks Merry so Christmas. Much, Thanks for taking the time. Stay safe. Pleasure, Perry. Thanks, awesome. James. Thanks, Ron. Uh, Rob McLean, Hockey Night in Canada, joining us here this morning on Sportsnet 650. A signing coming down. Uh, Michael Froelich signing with the Habs. So the Habs continue to add and uh, a little more depth up front with uh, some size. He's 32 now. You know, the offensive production wasn't great uh, in times with the, uh, the the Buffalo Sabres and the Calgary Flames last season, but the Habs adding uh, some more depth, and, and they get him for 750000 It's like, it's it's bargain season this year, Pear. Well, it is. And, you know, I, I went off a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's saying Corey Perry's a name I wouldn't mind. I think he could fit here with the Canucks at some point. I do think I read an article yesterday in Zidane Chera. He would still like to be in Boston, but I don't think Cam Neely and the Bruins want to go that way. But Chera's agent saying, hey, there's there's 20 teams that would like the big man to come on. I, I do think in that shortened season, like like I think we could be 10 games into this, James. I go, oh, this this guy just signed, right? This veteran stayed in shape, and this is the good fit, and he'll take that $750,000, and he'll go. So I do think these – I'm not going to say trickle-in signing because there's still some big guys out there, but there's some little subtle adjustments that teams may make in the first month, six weeks that, that could prove to be a whole lot because it's not like, oh, we'll wait till the end. You're 56 games in. You know, you play your first 10 games. You're what, almost 20% of your season's gone. You're going to have to make some adjustments a quicker – and uh, if you see and you see the injuries, I do think there's going to be, yes, your taxi squad, but some veteran players on the outskirts where you go, hey, are you interested? You could help me out and I can fit you in my budget. Uh, so off the ice is going to be just as fascinating with the moves as what we will see starting January 13th. It wouldn't happen. It won't happen. But for all the hate and disdain that Canucks fans have for the Boston Bruins, do you not think everyone here in this market would overlook 2011 if Zdeno Chara was willing to come here? Well, no, no, no. If if 20 teams have called about the big fella, Jim Benning, who would know him very well, I'm going to all chips in on this December 23rd that Benning's one of the callers. Yeah. Uh, have to be. You'd be stupid I, I just, if you weren't. I, I I mean I guess you try to find out what the price tag would be, but boy oh boy, yeah. if you've got if you've got if you've got room on your, you know, there's an opening. I mean, look, it flies in the face of everything that the Canucks have talked about, saying, look, we want to give young guys a shot, but Zdeno Char to help bolster hurt. your back end, man, screw Nikita Triamkin. give me forty, give me forty nine year old Zdeno Chara, dude's still he's, in he's probably not better time away from your big guys. Uh. But yeah. look how he played for the Bruins. Like he still can get it done. You don't bring him in and go, "Hey, you're a top four. No, you bring him in. Hey, do you like this role? Not playing fifty six? Sure. Oh, people would embrace him. I would think. I would hope. Six fifty, six fifty. Dunbar Lumber text line. It is the season to forgive and forget, right? Would you overlook Boston past history if the Canucks had a chance to sign Zdeno Chara? Humor me on this one. Speaking of humoring. Tis the season to be jolly. Tis the season for giving. And we're giving out our own presents. We're playing Santa next right here on your home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650.
This is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. 831. They say it is the season to be jolly, Perry, but um, I don't know. Maybe some athletes are uh, misunderstanding that as uh, getting the uh, tis the season to get your jollies, maybe. Uh, after Dwayne Haskins got in trouble, uh, hanging out with uh, some strippers, maskless. Now the mm-hmm. Houston Rockets are reportedly uh, working with the NBA uh, head office now to review video of James Harden Check at the a tape. strip club. Check the tapes. Check the tapes. Yes, uh, video is circulating on social media. <laughs> Uh, and if it is verified to be recent, it is a violation of the league's COVID protocols, and that could put him uh, and his availability in jeopardy for tonight's home opener after the uh, NBA season tipped off last night. A booth review of a different kind. We had a back booth review there. Is that James Harden? Uh He's not they, making it easy a... to move him. Like, he is not making it easy for the Houston Rockets to try to move him when you're, when you're behaving like that. And that's your, that's your leader. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a guy who you're, who you're selling as a franchise player and you're trying to ask for a truckload, and, and this is happening, right? Yeah, I think Charles Barkley yesterday kind of said as much. I mean, you can't have. You know, it'll be fascinating to see, and I don't think there's an issue. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson and all the talk that he had coming here, right? But I, he'll go and he'll be ready to work for, for Arizona and, and play. But James Harden has kind of made it, you know, from the ownership and his support of Trump to I don't want to play not coming in, in shape. He apparently had had COVID during the, the offseason. Now they're looking at this tape. How does that make you walk into a room? And go, All right. Yeah, no, I'm going to give him the ball. He's really into it. So I, I think at some point, maybe when we return, James Harden's gone. But you're right. What do you get in return for him? It's almost you just you got to move him now. And if you can get something of value, you're better off just to have him take his attitude elsewhere. You know, the, the commercial uh, has been uh, hitting the Sportsnet airwaves over the last, what, 24 hours or so on the TV side with, you know, Sportsnet hockey insider Elliot Friedman, Ron McClaney, we just talked to uh, moments ago. It's on, it's on, here we go, game on for the National Hockey League. And uh, we mentioned Michael Froelich just signed with the Montreal Canadiens a few minutes ago, a uh, one-year deal for $750,000. Uh, now uh, getting word that uh, Eric Halla has signed with the Nashville Predators uh, as well, spending time last year with both the Hurricanes and the Panthers. So um, mm-hmm. it's all starting to happen here this morning. Mackenzie Blackwood as well. Um, but the depth moves and all those guys you were wondering, are these guys going to get signed, Pair? Well, guess what? It's happening now, and teams starting to fill out their rosters here as we get closer and closer. And uh, you know what? Teams also have to make decisions. We got to we find out tomorrow for the non-playoff teams. You know who's in, who's out, who's opting out yep. to not play this uh, this coming season. So a lot to kind of keep an eye out here on the wire and the transaction wires over the next 24 hours or so. It's not going to slow down either, right? You're you're going to find there's still going to be some good hockey players on the outside who go, hey, I, I could pick up and help my situation with my team. And I, I think GM's doing their due diligence right now to get them done. I, I'm very curious with the opt-out. I've made it clear here. I think there will be some players who opt out on this. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Uh, you know, the, the Bertuzzi said, man, hockey players are a different breed. You're all in. I'll just see. It depends on your situation. But of 700-plus 700, 700 players in this league, I think we will find a couple of names. Oh, hopefully not. I hope everybody's in a great uh, mindset, uh, wants to chase their dream, will do it, make it that much more entertaining. 
but it's going to be as fascinating as I said at last break on the ice as it is off. And we're seeing it start today. I think we'll have a, it continued today and then maybe quiet down. And then as soon as, as soon as the holidays are over, you start adding to your lineup and James, there's still a lot of people with some, some capologists going, what do we got to do now? Okay. We want to bring him on board. How are we going to cut loose? Do we got to look at other options? So don't know if the Canucks are that intriguing with it, but I do think we will continue to see this and, Guys who can make a difference for those seven hundred and fifty a million dollars for the year, they'll make a difference to a team and push them over the edge. Yeah, I think some definitive word at least to figure out what's going on with Michael Furlan here in Vancouver. Uh, the Hawks also announcing this morning uh, Alex Nylander uh, suffered a knee injury back during the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs uh, back in the summer, and um, he looks like he is not going to play this upcoming season, uh, having surgery to repair a tear in his left knee, and recovery is uh, four to six months on. That. So don't expect Alex Nylander uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks this upcoming season. Ten goals and 26 points for him in the regular season for the Hawks last year. So um, we talked about this as being the season to be jolly. And, uh, you know, it's a season to give. So what do you say, you know, we look around the sporting universe here, Pear, and what do you say we we play Santa Claus right now and hand out some gifts? Can we get uh, maybe some holiday theme sort of feel? Yeah. Did you have anything in Santa's sack you want to hand out to anybody here, Pear? Ho, 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 James. I see I have a gift here for a couple of people in Vancouver. It's, oh, it's for Ole Olevi and Travis Green. Oh, it appears they have just received Vancouver condos with a long-term lease. Hey, that's what they need. Coach wants to be here for a long time. This fan base needs Ole Olevi to be a guy who's here for a long time. I think that would be the perfect gift for the two of them. And for Vancouver sports fans, long-term leases for condos for Travis Green and Ole Olevi. Let me go into my uh, Santa sack here and just try to see what I can find. And, you know, I oh, here we go. I, I've got something for – this is for NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. A virtual high five. You know, in the most trying year of our generation – the NHL commissioner slow played a lot of decisions, much to the chagrin of many. But you know what? You may not want to hear this, people. The commissioner was right. He nailed it. The NHL pulled off their return to play flawlessly with bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto. And let's not also forget, this guy also got a six-year CBA extension done. And yes, there were some grumblings from owners and players in the last few weeks, but guess what? They got it done. They got it right. They're getting back to playing again. There's an all-Canadian division. Like, he also gave us this golden nugget for the holidays that we get an all-Canadian division for this upcoming season that everybody is amped up about from coast to coast. He gets a virtual high-five until there's a vaccine. He'd get a real high-five, but... Commissioner Gary Bettman, he has certainly been on the nice list this year. I look, and Santa flies everywhere. It seems we have a gift for someone in Hollywood. Oh, to Ryan Reynolds, ownership in another pro soccer team, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Hey, he's bought himself a team over in Europe. But, man, Ryan, you got your Deadpool money. You made it in Vancouver. You like the sport. You would be a great ad, and my goodness, would you be welcomed in Vancouver if you had that celebrity touch with the Vancouver Whitecaps? 
You know, both the Whitecaps and Lions deserve new owners. And obviously, with the passing of the late David Braley, um, you know, it, the Lions legitimately need this to uh, to be addressed. But it, it is time for a refresh for both franchises. And, you know, in, in jest, yes, it would be fun to see Ryan Reynolds owning the, the Vancouver Whitecaps. But it, honestly... It is time, Perry, and you covered this team, you know, traveling with that club for a long time as well. It is time for the Whitecaps to get serious about winning. Like how you have missed the boat in the last decade in this market with that franchise, like that should be one of the hottest tickets in MLS, and you have completely squandered that. And man, at a time when this market was desperate for something to root for, and you were almost as inept as the Vancouver Canucks, and they were going through a rebuild. They bought it at the perfect timing, and they've missed the window. And that window was like seven years wide. It was a big window, and they were moving the right way. And for one reason or another, they pulled it back and thought that's good enough. And now it's start anew. And I, I agree with you. I don't know if that ownership group is the white one to start anew. Uh, but I would love that gift. If Ryan Reynolds, that would be a gift for Vancouver sports fans if he had something to do with a new ownership group for the Vancouver Whitecaps. What else you got? Let me see you reach in here and see what I can find. And I think I've got, you know what? I've got something here for Elias Pedersen. I got Petey a night out. Now, Petey is starting to branch out with the personality in recent months. He's doing podcasts. He's dressing up, doing fashion photo shoots and putting on the goalie pads and sending some really kind well wishes to fans, wiping out gamers online and, singing Christmas carols that he doesn't know the words to. None of this actually seems to come overly naturally with Petey. Kind of comes across a little rigid. You know, he's a young guy, but he's trying, and I appreciate that. You know, there's, you know I think there's some, been some rumblings that Dr. Bonnie's single. Maybe Petey and Dr. Bonnie can go have a night out. But for Elias Pedersen, my Christmas gift is a night out to the face that runs the place here for the Vancouver Canucks. You know how you can play that Christmas game and go, oh, I'm going to give this gift back. Man, the kid just wants to play hockey. A night out on a rink in hockey equipment is likely what he wants. Hey, I'm going to I'm gonna give a gift here. I found one for another superstar. We're going to send it to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Here you go, Chase Claypool. Here is two gifts, a thank you note, and also a goodbye gift for your quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. Right guy to get you launched off and play, Chase, and you've proven you are going to be an NFL superstar. But, man, to flourish, you're going to need someone else throwing you the ball. The time and 12 has struck midnight on Big Ben. Seeing it over the last month, it was a great story to start, but that was a little bit of a fraud. Chase Claypool is going to have a Hall of Fame career if he's got someone throwing him the ball, and I don't think that can be Ben Roethlisberger for too much longer. You realize he's got 30 touchdowns on the season, right? Yeah, but guess what? He's not mobile. The game is changing, and now people have figured it out, and Big Ben just doesn't have the mobility to get it get it going. Okay, so what's the alternative? I would. I might even look at Carson Wentz. The alternative is you got to realize there's something going on. Who's the backup? Mason Rudolph? Who, is he still dating? Um, Jeannie Bouchard? Might be. The alternative is you just have to realize at some point you have to you have to turn the page. It may not happen next year, but now that has to be that conversation. Would you rather be the Philadelphia Eagles with the quarterback situation they have or the Pittsburgh Steelers going, oh, what are we going to do? Would you rather? Ties, buddy. you got to do it at some point. Yeah, but like you look at like, okay, they've lost the last 
three straight, right? Like, do I trust the Steelers going in? No. Um, but would you rather have Phillip Rivers as your quarterback right now, or would you rather Big Ben? Oh, I take Phillip Rivers. And Big Ben's got Sorry. almost ten more touchdown passes and pretty much identical interceptions this season. Mm, Big Ben's got start to the year. Big Ben's got thirty touchdowns on the season and ten picks, and coming off a significant injury as a thirty-eight mm-hmm. year old. Look, I get the clock's about to expire for Big Ben, but he's not the only reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers have lost. Like, you know, I listened to Rintoul the other day. He's hating on Big Ben because it cost him fantasy points, but Big Ben is probably a Hall of Famer, right? Like Big Ben, like with what he's oh, done. Oh well, yes, you won your Super Bowls. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame. But I'm just saying, if Big Ben doesn't get rid of that ball as quickly as he does, that's all they have. You know, he can't shrug guys off that much anymore. He's just body is not built for it. And my gift for you, and by the way, like what are you only giving four gifts away? I got a gift for like 50 people, and you're taking forever. You're like the Santa Claus, and the lineup would be so long in the mall because you're talking to each kid for 10 minutes. Yeah. Chase Claypool, it's hey, thank you. Big Ben was great for him. And also goodbye. Chase Claypool, we're not going to go Claypool and Roethlisberger, Claypool and Roethlisberger. It is going to be another quarterback throwing him the ball as his career continues to decline. I got a present for LeBron. Mm -hmm. Tacos for life. Nobody, nobody, I think, has endorsed tacos more than LeBron James over the last few years on social media with his Taco Tuesday. I don't even think Taco Bell can make a run for the border for endorsing tacos as much as LeBron has. So for LeBron James, for endorsing tacos as much as he has, he gets tacos for life. That's my Christmas present to the king. Alfonso Davies, a World Cup birth. Best player our country's ever produced. Wouldn't it be nice if you can bring someone along and it can be a regular thing? We don't have to buy our way and host into a World Cup. Let's hope he sees several of them in his World Cup career. Mm-hmm. Let me throw this at you. In Alfonso Davies' playing career, will Canada reach a knockout stage of the World Cup? Uh, I would say no. Ten years from now, he'd be 30. Where's Canadian soccer? I think I think Canada will well, reach a knockout round by then. Ten years from now, put me down for a yes on a futures bet on that. Okay, well let's let's hope let's hope we get to that. The World Cup. By the time you finish your Christmas gifts, the World Cup 2026 is going to be over. Wait, okay, like, you, you, you don't want you don't want to say anything? I should give you clock management tickets to clock management. <laughs> uh, all right, my last Christmas gift here I've got is uh, for Canadians from coast to coast. An end to the Stanley Cup drought on this side of the border. Please, the North Division, give us a cup winner. I won't be fussed whoever wins it. I won't. Even if it's yeah, the least fair. 25% chance, right? At least we know that going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got about six more I want to give. Rick Campbell, a game. Only Lions coach has been undefeated for this long. Got a promotion. He's done it all without coaching a football game for the BC Lions. Niels Hoglander, Elias Pedersen's footprints. Matt Barzell, a paper and a pen. Taylor Hall, whatever the Buffalo Bills are eating. Christine Sinclair, another fountain of youth. And Dr. Bonnie Henry, Canucks season tickets, 2022-23. Took away our bubble. Took away our bubble. You're going to give her season tickets. 
I'm giving away our season ticket. 2022-23. She did it the right way. You don't think Dr. Bonnie Henry, if she's at any kind of a game waiting in line two or three years, people, hey, Dr. Dr. Henry, would you like a beer? I hope so. Hey, you're blaming her? For taking well, away the bubble, I, I would. I would She's say. Been look, looking after I, I would say the good has outweighed the bad for Dr. Bonnie here in this market for sure. I, I've, I've been a fan of, but I'll tell you what: you ask a lot of teachers, ask them if they're fans of Dr. Bonnie. Listen, we get it once we start talking about we Dude, get the, you, the odd you guy work from home. You just... work from home, right? You don't have to go on the front lines in the day to day, right? I don't yeah. think everybody. Uh, I don't think uh, everybody. Okay. I think hey, I would say this. Text. I think you've done a wonderful job. I yeah, think I the sh- I would say, I'm going to say this. I think the shine is off Dr. Bonnie in some households. Oh, yeah. No, it's not as glowing as it was with the New York Times. Hell no. There we go. 847, some final thoughts before we turn things over to Hockey Central coming up at the top of the clock. Holiday season is here on Sportsnet 650. <laughs> Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul with a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made Now more of the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. Uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, we were asking you this morning on our Sportsnet uh, 650 uh, poll question, uh, what will be your number one selection on the holiday sports menu? NBA, NFL, NHL news and camp prep, or World Junior? and 61% of you, Perry, saying that uh, you're all in for the World Juniors uh, as it gets underway. Uh, in fact, an exhibition game be- between Canada and Russia going down at 3 o'clock mm-hmm. this afternoon. So a uh, chance to see what Pod Colson looks like against Team Canada. It's always fun to watch the prospects news while we were on the air that the OHL has pushed back their day. I mean, this may be the only junior hockey we see, James. It's always fun. It's a good part of the holidays, and I think people are interested in that. There'll be football sprinkled right throughout this weekend as well on the holidays. So, hey, and and as we get back, we'll get back to normal. Camp will be set to begin, and uh, we can see how what, to me, the most fascinating NHL season we have seen in 30 years will take place as as we get for this shortened, condensed, fixed 56-game sprint. And a hockey team that could win it all, and a hockey team that you go, oh, as you said earlier. One step forward, two steps back. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks so much for uh, joining us uh, along the way for the journey. It's been a, uh, a funky one uh, all across the year, and thank you for staying with us. And guess what? Uh, we are your home of the Canucks for a reason, and we will certainly amp it up. Uh, and then some. we'll turn it up to 11, if you will, beginning in January, Pear. Uh, we will, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you to to everyone who makes this show work. Uh, Greg and Chris back there at the control room. Mike English putting it together. Art Factora. And to you, my friend, it's been really strange. We, we don't see each other very much. We hooked up in a little bit of a meeting a couple days ago to see our colleagues. But uh, it's been a, a crazy process. And I, I look forward to so to you and yours, my, my pal. Enjoy a little time away and, and stay safe. You as well, my friend. It's been a it's been a funky one, and thank you to all of our listeners and all of our friends. Thank you so much for joining us for the ride. We'll talk to you in 2021. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, peace, love. We'll talk to you soon, right here on Sportsnet 650.